Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T. Episode 157, and we're doing it this week with GabFab. That's right, Danny Gabbard, born and raised in Southern California, relocated up to Northern Nevada, and he is the guy that does a ton of fab work, a bunch of cool parts and pieces that you really know and you're familiar with. And on this episode, we get to know who Danny Gab is and what he's all about. And he lives up to the name. It's a lengthy podcast, but it's a good one. Dig into it. Lots of cool stuff. Lots of cool history. Another good one coming your way. If you're hearing this and you're on the road, you're probably on your way to Buses by the Bridge. I got a lot of friends that are headed down there, and I'm trying to see. I, I might sneak down there on Saturday just for the day. Check it out. Carbon Cab is down with an alternator, which uh, just being proactive, I ordered it today, so it'll be here Saturday. So that's a uh, no-go <laughs> for the for the double cab and the bull run bus is in pieces over there at the wagon. But listen, I may head down there just for the day, check it out, see what's going on, and say hey to some folks as I cruise through there because I got to get back here and get things put together so we can start making our way to the Grand National Roaster Show. So in two weeks, the Grand National Roaster Show kicks off, and I am looking forward to it. A gathering of hot VWs, over 100 Volkswagens, will be in Building 9 on special display. Cars you haven't seen in years will be there live and direct for you guys to come check them out. I'll be down there with the Chop Rod, also Future Shock. I know Bad Raz is going to be there. I mean, the list just goes on and on of the cars that are going to be there. Uh, Top Gun's supposed to be there. Pink Lady's going to be there. All the Volkswagens that you haven't seen in forever, that you've only seen about in the magazines when you you're just a little kid come on down and check them out plus if you're down there you get to see me too man double bonus man <laughs> lucky you that's what's happening coming up here shortly so we're excited about that uh, i'm also going to announce that the let's talk dubs one crazy weekend event date has been set and that's going to be the first week in october the 7th and 8th i should have some flyers put together by the time we get out to the grand national roaster show so you guys will get your flyers i'll open up registration in the next couple months so you guys can reserve your space it's the only event where you can come down, drive your Volkswagen, cruise a strip, and win a pocket full of cash. So be on the lookout for flyers and information upcoming for the Let's Talk Dubs One Crazy Weekend that's going to be taking place this year, October 7th and 8th. So make sure, block your weekend now, book your rooms in advance, and I'll be getting you guys all that information coming up here soon. So I'm pretty excited for that, but I'm also excited to get this podcast rolling so if you guys don't know who danny gabbard is danny gabbard is hailing out of southern california and he has a fab shop up in northern nevada somewhere in the carson city area and he's the guy that makes custom breathers he makes deck lids with the vent holes in them he also makes the uh the custom deck lids the metal style deck lids like uh, the MP Declan. So, uh, phenomenal metal worker, man. The guy's just, just a, just a, a, a metal is just clay in this dude's hands, and he's been in the VW scene for quite a while. So it's a great story. He's got a lot of history. And if you're looking for metal fab parts, Carmen Gia battery trays, or uh, stuff to straighten out your your rubber where it goes uh, in your engine compartment, he makes all kinds of cool tools and things like that. Bus door pin hinge removers. I mean, this guy has got it all. So check him out. Uh, Danny Gabbard, you can check him out on the Samba Gab Fab. Um, but without any further ado, guys, let's get into it this week with Danny Gabbard on Let's Talk Dubs.
Okay, everybody. So as we've gone through the last few episodes and over the past, let's say, 10 or 15 episodes, a couple of names keep popping up. And and my job as your, uh, your humble correspondent to the VW history is to track down the people we hear about on the podcast in the background and kind of bring them to the surface so that we get a little more personal knowledge about them. And one of those people that you've heard about on a few podcasts is, has been Danny Gabbard. Now, Danny Gabbard's a, a metal master, full-blown fabricator, started out in Orange County, but now he's residing in Mountain House, Nevada. So on today's podcast, I've got uh, Danny Gabbard with GabFab. Danny, welcome to the podcast. Hey, everybody. How did you get into Volkswagens, and what's your VW story? All right, so I grew up in Norwalk. Actually, when I first moved to California, uh, my parents were in the Navy, so we bounced around from, like, near a naval base my whole life. Uh-huh. And my, my dad got transferred in, I think, Long Beach. And then we grew I we, the first house that they bought, and, and it, it was in Norwalk. And <clears throat> that part of Norwalk was, I don't know if uh, people have heard of German Auto. Uh-huh. And German Auto was... Like when I first got in the V-Dubs, I could ride my Stingray <laughs> to German Auto from my mom's neighborhood. Yeah. And there was a state mental hospital between German Auto and, and, and my mom's neighborhood. So I would go down and get parts. You know, I mean, I was learning, buying junk cars. Well, they're actually probably nice now for the standards of stuff that's being found. And, but anyway, so, so <clears throat> that's kind of where I started in that area. <laughs> well, but the, um, what's the first time that you see a Volkswagen and you're kind of drawn to the VW scene? Well, so so this place I grew up on Spry Street, mm-hmm. the guy like directly next door to my mom was a kind of a I hate to, I mean this is no he was kind of talented, but he was just kind of like burned out. And, and, and he was like a BSA and Triumph mechanic, mm-hmm. but he could gas weld. And as a kid on a Stingray, you know, just watching him tinker on motorcycles, right? You know, because I grew up like when Evil Knievel was like, thanks to that guy, I limp yeah. <laughs> from a Stingray and BMX. And you know, I'm, you know, I was thinking of this the other day. I'm like, God, I'm kind of glad I didn't grow up now because of the, you know the te- the technology on these bikes. You're able to do stuff that you couldn't do, you know, like 40 years ago. Oh, sure. You know, sure. And, and, but anyway, so, so this, where were we? <laughs> so I, I, the, first I, time, I, the first time you get connected to Volkswagens and start. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, so this whole era or area where I grew up mm-hmm. is like, I mean, it's that era of, Sixteen-year-old uh, kids' first cars were Volkswagens. Right. Kind of, you know, they were cheap cars, and and, and I'm running around, and I was like the guy that lived next door to me. Oh, oh, that's right. So the guy next door with the BSA and the Triumph uh, uh, bike stuff and making stuff with a torch and hammering on stuff, you know, pretty crude. But his son was in a VW club. Yeah. And, and it was the big fat wide wheels and the flares and the scoop. And yeah, yeah, and I just you know I I'm Hot Wheels, and that's how I looked at everything. You know, like you know, I mean, it was just the, the look that I was drawn to. Mm-hmm. So any, I just kind of laughed at him, like what a goofball. And then the guy across the street, Ogle, <clears throat> and he's the reason I ended up here in Nevada. Is the guy right. across the street? But anyway, so um, he drove him as like a like a daily driver. 
and he worked somewhere out in L.A. with some bigwig in IBM. But he, 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 like all his kids and his wife, all drove Volkswagens, and and, and he was a pretty decent mechanic. And and he helped me put, and, and by means I'm no mechanic, but sure. um, like I, he helped me, and then I can put like a sixteen hundred together, and if I get somebody that really knows. I have to ask a million questions right. and I'm awkward and there's things it's like, it's like I had a chance one time and I, and I, and I was, you know, I didn't take it up, but the guy that built the motor in my gear, my mm-hmm. black low light gear, uh, Mark, uh, Mark Beckley. Yeah. And, and, and he was like my first person that like, I didn't, like, this is a long story, but yeah, yeah. I grew up in an era where if I could keep a 1600 running, <laughs> I was the shit, sure. kind of. You, know, you know, all I wanted to do was just kind of cruise around and have this cowlick kind of style car, and I was happy. But later on in life, you know, obviously, the more you get into it, it, it you start meeting people that are making them a whole ass. Right. And, 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 and through my journey, I've, you know, like, I've had some kind of neat and interesting roommates. Like Joe Hollett, uh, Bill Schwimmer, Dave Mason, long-haired John, um, and that's the ones I could think of. And, and, and we've, you know, just been around this whole V-Dub thing, this Calic. And, and what's your and, first and, Volkswagen? Uh, so I, about fifteen, I, I like I, I couldn't wait to drive. Sure. So I'm. Like I'm, I'm refinishing in a cabinet shop after school, mm-hmm. and, and I'm riding on a Stingray to get there, and, and, and I had a paper route. So I mean, it took a long time to, you know, get a bunch of money together. Yeah. So eventually, the girl that uh, that I used to throw rocks at that lived behind my mom yeah. as a kid, throwing, you know, like we just hated each other type deal. Um, her sister had this beat up. And, and, and she blew it up, and she was kind of, um, she was kind of a rock and roll groupie yeah. up in Hollywood, because Norwalk was about fifty minutes from Hollywood. Yeah, kind of. If there was no, I mean, now it wouldn't be probably like four days, but, <laughs> um, uh, so she had this VW that was sitting there blown up, and I think I, it was actually the other day I was thinking of this. It was a really nice car that I screwed up, and. and and it was like an original paint, 66 bug, mm-hmm. and, you know, all original red interior. And I got it, and I started peeling all the trim off it and, and, and just, you know, I kind of wrecked it. And, I mean, I wish I had that car because cars are getting so hard to find. Sure. And that's how I'm looking at it now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I kind of destroyed it trying to, you know, because I, well, I you know, you- I meant not a weld. And, 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 and God, just... If, if you knew somebody that could braise holes, oh, <laughs> he sure. was like, like a super fabricator kind of, and 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 that was really the look back then, right? Buy a car, peel the molding off of it, try to. Oh it. yeah, and, yeah. I mean, it was like, when you're young and coming up, you you lack the knowledge to know how you the knowledge and the money to go buy a adjustable. Well, there was beam. a bunch of cars yeah. running around, and you would see them because. You know, they were local guys in Norwalk running around. You're on a Stingray or a BMX bike, and these guys would cruise by, and you're like, wow, that's a, that's a bitch in luck, you know? Sure. And, and then when I got about 15, I'm like, okay, it's time to figure out what I want to buy. And that's how I ended up with that 
girl behind me's uh, uh, sister's car. And it, um, so, you know, I bought this thing, and, and, and I'm my dad's buddy. Uh, they shot, my dad was a pretty good pool player. Yeah. And, and he run around out in Long Beach, Bellflower area. And the guy, oh, I think his name was Howard. I don't remember his last name. But he had this shop called the Mouse House. Mm-hmm. And, and he, I think his shop was in Bellflower, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, this is going back a right. long time ago. Uh-huh. But anyway, so he ended up building my first VW motor. And that's and, what they and, did there was at the Mouse House, they built VWs? Well, he had this drag car. I think it was called Mousetrap uh-huh. or something like that. It was yellow, like a, almost like a Corvette yellow. But, but this whole bellflower, I said, I grew up in, I mean, my, my tentacles of Norwalk were like Bellflower, La Mirada, Santa Fe Springs, sure. Whittier, Downey, uh, Bellflower, Bell. You know, I was, you know, I was kind of in the middle of it, sort of. Yeah. And, 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 and then Bell... You know, you get over in that area, that's where all the, like, all the lead sled guys were in the 50s. Right. right. And, 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 and there was a real, you know, I mean, they used to cruise Bellflower Boulevard. I mean, before me, but I, I grew up on cruising Whittier every Friday and Saturday night in high school. And so and, you pick this bug up when you're, like, when you're 15, and what's the, what's the recipe for this thing? You lower it, you put wheels, what do you do for Yeah, I pull torsions out of the front, and then... Um, it was way before, like I bought the wheels and then tried to figure out how to put them on, yeah, you know, type deal. So I, I was really into Rivieras. Right. The f- and, four and, lug Rivieras? Yeah. Yeah. And I had a five lug car mm-hmm. and alloys. You, there was two types of people that had alloys. Right. They went down to the dealer and it was about almost 1500 bucks to go buy four wheels, caps, lugs, blah, blah, blah. Or some nefarious people found them. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. And, 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 and so getting wheels, when you go back that far, it's like, you know, all the Porsches have them on them, you know, sure. and they're not getting rid of them. And, and, and then, um, so you get, oh, you put the Riviera, you do Rivieras on it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm mo- sorry. I get, your, okay. I get bouncing around. What's, what's your yeah. motor setup on it? Uh, just a stock sixteen hundred. So stock sixteen hundred. It's more about look and the kind of and, and the kind of attitude. And, and, and I, all I wanted was a quiet pack. Right. I hated pea shooters. I hate the way they sounded. And and, and, and you, you don't have to look far or very wide to see Calup cars running around. Right. In, in in my area, it's just like there was a guy in my neighborhood named Elliot. Mm-hmm. And if you walked all the way to the end of my street, crossed Norwalk Boulevard. And then there was Food Co. It was like a grocery store. So Elliot's working there, and, and he was like two or three years older than me, and he buys a 68 bug. Yeah. And, and, and then he lowers it, and then she puts an 1835 in it, and, you know, Cadrones, and he has Rivieras on it. And that's, I think, the first time I knew anybody. You know, like I, I physically, like, you know, like a homie or somebody that right. had a cowlick bug. Other than magazines and stuff driving around, and and, and so but the, that whole alloy, you know, painted headlight rings and and 
and, and that cow luck thing. Because I was seeing 9-11s, you know, and, and that's like, oh, that's where they're getting that look from. And then all of a sudden you start seeing them with the wheels. Right. And they're lowered bitching. I mean, when a cow luck bug is, you know, a few guys get it right. There's a lot of people doing it, but few guys just like they just spend that little bit of extra time to fine-tune the ride height yeah you know because there's a i'm not gonna i'm not pointing at anybody because there's a whole different bunch of different generations the 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 pinnacle of like the typical cow look is like it looks like the sleeper bug the skinnies in the front bigs and littles on it and it looks yeah yeah well even a a small version of a dragster you know what i mean running around yeah yeah but even like like fine-tuning it. So I like the same amount of, from the lip of each front and rear fender yeah. to, the, to the lip of the wheel. Um, right. Maybe the back a little bit higher, but not much, but then use the tires to kind of finalize the rake yeah. in the car. It's, just, it just, it's almost like a mathematic problem to me. Like when I look at it, you know, you got to do this, got to do this. And, 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 and yeah, I'm really into yeah. street rods. And, and, well, the wheels, and, the wheels have to look fitted. You know what I mean? They need to look yeah, like yeah. fitted so that, to the car. Like, like, to, like, to me, you could have a primered car, and, and it sets like, you just walk by and go, that's fucking badass, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and then you could walk by like a fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 Calic car, and, and, and I see a lot of them, I'm not pointing to anybody, but um, they just, like man, just like another three quarters of an inch, or, yeah, or miss the mark. Yeah, the fronts look like they're higher because there's like you got like a big gap between the top, the rim and the fender lip. It's bigger in the front than it is in the rear, and it makes the car look like it's kind of like launching, you know. And, yeah, and, and, yeah. It, and to me, it looks. No, yeah, I, like, I had that on a on a '68 that I owned with uh, with Rivieras on it, and it seemed like they had cut and turned the front suspension up. And the thing rode like a brick. <laughs> I tried forever to try to lower it by putting sandbags in the front and all kind of stuff when I was broke and young. But uh, yeah, the stance stance makes all the difference in a vehicle. Now, you you get this first bug, you start hanging out with the cow looks like the cow looks seen in your area. Who, yeah, there was a, what, oh, what, what clubs are in your area right there? You know, I really didn't. Okay, so so Whittier Boulevard to me was like, if you didn't have anything to do on a Friday or Saturday night, like you'd go to a keg party or something mm-hmm. and, and, and it like died off. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to Whittier, you know, and, and see what's happening, sure. you know? And, and either it was at DeWiener, excuse me, DeWiener Schnitzel, or I think they used to hang out at Scotty's Broiler on Whittier, but DKK. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and who's the first like, guy? Wow. Who's like the first guy you meet that's in that like the who's the cool guy well, in VWs back then? Well, I didn't get well, like so so there's like he can't he's just recently kind of got back into VWs. So there was like I hit there's kind of a bunch of clicks and there still is Always. of different guys that are hanging out and, and and to me I would just like I'm driving primered cars. Sure. You know, and, so and just getting, being able to put getting, wheels on. You're getting looked down on. Everyone's like, oh, who's this guy with the primered car? No, 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 no. <laughs> what I mean is I'm driving by these places that DKK is hanging out. And, and, you know, a lot of times there'll be four, five, six, seven cars. Right. And they're all painted. They're all finished. And they're all like, I mean, they're all in magazines and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and Dave McNew was kind of the first guy that I, 
uh, we didn't really get along, but we just kind of dealt with each other type right. deal. Sure. And, and, and he had this really neat, it looks like, I think it's Autumn Brown. It's a, a Toyota. Or it's not a VW or Porsche color, right? Like Sapia Brown, but it was it had fully polished two liters, and and and, and there was Mark or Fred, what I, I don't know, whatever they call him in DKK. Um, he had this orange bug with like real five spoke empties, right? And, and I'm seeing these cars like it, it like now they're grouping up type deal, and they're all organized and. And, and and like this whole V dub thing to me kind of started out as like not really out. Nah, I'm not even gonna say the word outlaw, but it it was not a lot of people were into Volkswagens, but there was like this this handful of young guys that were into it, trying to you know like that that look, and then sure. later on it gets called cow luck. But it was um it was kind of neat. And I still, it's like, I've been around this so long, but when you see a cowlick bug at night, like right when the lights come on and it's coming the other direction and the headlights are real low, you kind of just kind of look over and, 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 and see a cool cowlick car kind of to me. Still to this day, it's still kind of like, oh, that's kind of cool, you know, if it's setting right. But um, so, I live in an area. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. No, I was going to say, I live in an area. There's no V-dub. Yeah, there's a small group of guys, but it's really not a scene. Nor- Northern Nevada is a little bit thin on the on the VW scene. I used to visit Northern Nevada a little bit when I'm I'm down here in Southern Nevada in Las Vegas, and um, I think mostly because of the weather we get a little stronger scene because we we have a year round where we can drive them and over there it doesn't get too bad, but it gets pretty it's pretty cold over there in the winter. And most of these VWs get oh, their get their heaters r- ripped out, but. Uh, yeah, so, up here in the winter. so you get so you're going to school. You've got a Volkswagen, and you know you're known for your metal work and stuff like that. Uh, okay, well that's only till like lately. Sure. Um, well, but I mean, how do you start out? Like, how do you venture? Like, you've got this VW hobby that you enjoy. How do you start going down the career path of getting into the automotive world? Like to work in that. Okay. Respect? Okay. Um, good question. Um, so there was a guy running around. I saw him at the bug in. Uh-huh. I, I didn't really, but he had this red paneled square back with like a rag top in it. And, he, and actually, there's a one ad for, I don't know who's looking for it, but he's looking for that car. And um, Dick Vale's young, younger brother did a panel square back. Yeah. And, and he's got one ads for both of those cars. It's kind of neat. I'm like, well, I haven't seen them cars in a million years. Right. But, but anyway. So that car influenced a Squareback, which was my third car, and, and and I took an after-school ROP. Well, the, the, so we had two auto shops, and and, and I you know I wasn't really into school, but when I the more I got into like shop classes and stuff like that, the more I I just kind of ventured in. You know, it was like I like making stuff, right? And 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 I was learning skills. You know, I mean, um, my life is kind of like my senior year of high school. Yeah. Um, I got an auto shop class. I got a wood shop class. I got a metal shop class. I got a machine shop class. Um, you just enjoy working and, with your hands. 
Well, I need I, no, no. Well, I, I had enough credits, but I couldn't take government until the second half of the year. Right. And I had nothing to do, so I just took shop classes and worked on my car, type deal. But and, I mean, and, did you naturally gravitate towards doing? I mean, because doing what you do requires a lot of patience. I mean, there, there's a lot of time you got to spend on the right front fender of a Carmen Ghia to get it yeah. nice and smooth, and you've got to have the patience. I mean, my my hands are a little too heavy for doing metal work, you know. You don't have that finesse. Um, so, so you were saying your reference earlier about a machinist, and most machinists I know are real methodical in what they do, and they're okay with committing lots of time to a small project so that they yeah, can, yeah, they, yeah. they can get it exactly the way that it needs to be. So, did you find yourself like you naturally gravitated towards just kind of working on something, getting in the zone, and just really honing in on getting it exactly perfect? Um, like when I do my own stuff. I get in a different mode because mm-hmm. I'm not like, so when you're doing customer cars and being a one man shop, you're kind of doing everything. And, sure. and, and I'm trying to, well, there's a lot of time it takes to restore a car. hundred percent. And, and some of these, you know, most of these cars are 50, 60 V dubs that I'm working on. Right. Um, they're beat up and, and you really don't, start seeing stuff until you start cutting them apart or you start tearing them apart and, and then and then you got to get them clean um, um i'm really anal when it comes to cleaning sheet metal and, and, and a little bit of sativa and some a cup of coffee i you just get in the zone and you just start scrubbing on stuff with chemical right and wearing gloves and you know and, and glasses so it doesn't splash on you and and and, and you just you're kind of mopping this chemical on and walk away and and, and sometimes it, it works out perfect like you're just when you it's like painting a car you you where you start is where you stop and then you, and then you do the cycle again so when you're cleaning a car with chemical you you know it's easy to get too over your you know, over your head cleaning stuff right so you just kind of got to know what you can do in a certain amount of time and then clean it you know, and you just kind of bounce around a car doing it like that. Mm-hmm. But, but, um, well, yeah, to start doing, to do a lot of the metal fab work that you do, I mean, it, it's got to be super clean because you get it, you're, you're massaging all the metal and you've got to weld pieces and parts to it. And especially if they're layered pieces or pinch welded together, you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of, detail it's got to go into the prep of getting that so you can make sure that what you're working on is perfect now oh well yeah and it's and the more you like i had a really good roommate named rex sutton and and he was like a parnelli jones and and dan gurney employee but he said something one time and he was you know he's a few years older than me but he said something the smarter i get the dumber i feel right kind of and and when you build cars and and I'm kind of competitive, mm-hmm. and, and, and I'm over the fucking riding dirt bikes and skateboarding and stuff like that. So I sort of focused all that energy into building cars. And then eventually you start learning skills, and you, you just push yourself. And then, and, 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 and then, you know, it's nice to start with a really, really nice car. I have friends that tease me, oh, original, you, why'd you sand down the original paint? I'm like, well, you... You know, when you walk up to a car and you can find all the stuff wrong with it, and that's all, you're getting like a true reading type deal. You're like getting, you're starting with something nice. Right. And, and, and I'm getting too old 
and, and it's a young man's game that, you know, hey, if you want to dive in and, and make the, the last two feet of a bus all the way around it, you know, have at it yeah. type deal. Too. I'm, I'm over kind of restoration yeah, the, stuff. The, there's, I mean, there's, there's a lot that goes into that, but you make a, you make a bunch of small parts and pieces. But the, your history, as far as how you got into it, when we spoke earlier, you were telling me that you were originally you worked for a shop making slant nose steel fenders by hand. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay. Um. So. So. <laughs> I'm painting cars. I had a. Um. My square back's done. I. I was learning how to do body work, and 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 something got in my head that like, like I hate working with dust, bondo, blah blah blah. So. So. The more I got it straighter, the less of the sanding I had to do mm-hmm. type deal, the better. Sure. And, and, and it's, it's probably why I do what I do in a way. It's just I hate dust type deal, and I hate wearing a mask. And and, and I'm not a sheep, but uh, that's another story. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but 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 starting with a nice car and and, and building like a really neat Cadillac car to me is. You know, just trying to well. And your and your metal shaping skills. I mean, how much of that did you get from working at shops doing starting to do fab work? And then who, who's you know? Because you told me. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm bouncing. Like, no, I'm, all right. I, all right. I've been like the last day or you know, I've been thinking about like what to talk about and and, and trying to piece stuff together. And, and I just, right right now, I'm like a squirrel and a That's all right. Let's and, talk, and, let's and, talk and, about the slant nose fenders. Tell me okay, about so, making those. Okay, so Earl Cook. Mm-hmm. Um, is let's go up to okay. So this has to we have to we have to uh, uh, put Costa Mesa mm-hmm. into this. Sure. So Costa Mesa, California, up by where the original Zubies, right. any of the locals, Orange County locals know where that's at. There's a bunch of shops. Like there's there in that whole little area right there. It's like it's like Newport Beaches Industrial. Yeah. And, and all them shops, I don't care what they're doing. Most of them people are like probably the best at the, in the world yeah. that's yeah. doing what they're doing. And, and, and <clears throat> so I'm, let me get another drink of water. So there's a, there's, so I'm, so my notch back's done and I'm at inner shows. This big guy in RK Smith come walking up and the big guy's name is Brett Banker. And anybody that's been around V-Dubs for a while, there was a, Kind of a machine billet look that was floating around, yeah. you know, like 20, 30 years ago. So Brett Banker is the guy that was behind all that. Oh, really? He was a, really? yeah, he, he's, he's a, like he was working, I, I want to say the guy's name was Straymans. But down in, okay, so down in Newport Beach, there's this guy you could go drop off like a brand new Mercedes, and then they would cut the roof off and make like a retractable roof that opened and shut. Yeah. And then they would like reinforce the rockers and they would make it look like a factory car. Mm-hmm. And, and Brett Banker at one time worked there. And the guy that did the slant nose fenders named Earl Cook also worked there. So anyway, so <clears throat> I'm at this inner shows deal and I meet Brett Banker. Gives me his card, and, you know, and when I'm that, I was young, 
and, and, and I'm like, I'm the world's best painter. You know, my mentality. Right. I was a fucking idiot. Yeah, everybody's, but, uh, everybody's cocky a little bit when they're young. I mean, you're the only guy you know your age that can paint. Yeah, but I've tried can. to stay humble. Sure. I like to help people. And, uh, I mean, I'm yeah, a yeah. smart ass, but um, it, when it comes down to the heart of the story, um, you know, I'll help anybody out. I, yeah. I try to, you know, I mean, unless you're just being a total dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, so anyway, so you meet Brett. And, and then eventually, I really don't know how it kind of escalated, but then eventually he tells me about Earl Cook. Mm-hmm. And I go get this, I, you know, I didn't even know how to TIG weld. And, and, and I go over to this dude's shop, and I, and I kind of do this little interview. Well, actually, no, I interviewed, I can't remember, he had a Packard setting in the shop that, that like a front corner was rotted out in like the rocker. Yeah. And I can't remember if that was the first time I met him or the second time, but he goes, here, make that part. And I'm like, oh, all right. Um, and I've really never made anything before. Like, I would fix a dent in a car. And he's asking you to make a piece of sheet metal? Yeah, yeah. So I, so, so then I, I make this thing, and I, I probably spent four or five hours. You know, I was determined. I want this job. Right. You know, there's a bunch of Porsche stuff st- setting in here. And, and being a Cowlick guy... Right, you what, know, what like, that's like a thoroughbred yeah, type. What, what, to a, <laughs> there's no cooler place to work than that. Yeah, and 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 Earl is a you know he's an amazing fabricator, and and, and and so I go and get this, I get the job. But when I first started, my main thing was just welding uh, turbo flares, steel turbo. And then flares, I'm they, really so you, you, they'd cut the fenders, or you would. Yeah, so, yeah, guys. So I, it was neat because alloys were cheap back when that whole yeah, everybody's taking getting your, rid of them. They're all wide bodying their yeah, yeah. So getting rid of the puny oh, little alloys, hundred bucks a piece for early. <laughs> I mean, it's just whatever you, you know. But but I got really good at welding them flares on, to where I was metal finishing them, and and and, and I don't know if Earl could have done it, but I was getting them where you could file them flat, right. and all the shapes were in them. And, 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 and the, it's funny, I still remember this, but down where the torsion hall, it's like an inside, like a potato chip going uphill yeah. shape to it. And that's still really, it, no matter what I've done, it still does weird stuff in, in there. And, and, and here's another story. So, so later on in life, I have uh, Joe Hall, it's my roommate, and, and he bought, he gets, he's back, he, he got out of V-dubs and, and now he's building really fast Porsches. Yeah, and, and and he buys. I, I think it was a nine, a late model, like a the long wheelbase nine twelve, and, and he's putting a turbocharged Type four motor in it. And I can't remember. I think I don't think he turbo flared. I think I just put SC flares right on the rear. So so I he comes over and I have like I just first you you you, you, you got to lay the the new one on, scribe it. Cut it about, I try to get within like three-eighths to five-eighths and leave that, the scribe line and leave that extra and cut that off. And now you get rid of the stock flare. <clears throat> and now you can put your new one up there and lay it on there and clamp it. Right. And, and, right. and like the bumper extensions on the corner tell you when they're parallel. You know, underneath the taillight, that's a little trick. Kind of, it's funny later on you start seeing because everybody got into putting flares on Porsches. Oh, and and, and, and 
Oh, yeah. I mean, you could walk up from behind one and go, oh, that guy didn't know what, you know, it was just like they're crooked. Or they were both at different angles. Yeah. You know, because, you, you know, you got to clamp them and step back and get like a level line that runs parallel with a taillight type deal. And it's easy. It's, I mean, all it takes is that, you know, that extra 30 seconds to go back there and look and yeah. get it right. Yeah. <clears throat> and, but anyway, so, so um, I got to a point. Well, I, let me think. So I, I was doing flares. Then I started doing the fender tops in his shop and then he moved to fallbrook and eventually i moved down there and worked for him but um i rented part of brett banker's shop mm -hmm. and, and 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 you're just making slant nose steel slant nose fenders. yeah i had a i had a set of earl's fender jigs and you're and then his wife would bring up a set of front fenders New like new front fenders or used yeah like fenders? nos 911 fenders the regular and, and, Pardon? The regular fenders, then you just... Yeah, yeah, like a, just a 911 front fender, and then a turbo flare, and then, and then he had our louvers, when you looked at ours, like, both, like, the, there was part of it where when it was punched and it went down the big part of the louver, right. but the leading edge, to keep it raw, that edge was turned, and, and, and it punched, so I didn't have a punch or a, 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 a louver press so he his wife would bring these flat sheets with the louvers punched in them nice and then i would take those and make the front fenders and and, and i was doing a set of them a week um oh god i must have did them things for a couple two or three years just doing but, the steel the steel flat uh, slant nose kit huh oh yeah yeah so i i broke up with my wife and moved down to fallbrook mm -hmm. and, and and then i was living in kind of down by Encinitas, uh, mm -hmm. Boone Beach. Uh, I surf, so um, to me it was kind of a neat tr you know, transition going down there, but I didn't know anybody. It's kind of why I moved back to Orange County. But anyway, so I'm down there <clears throat> kind of managing. You know, like there's Earl, the owner, and now he's got a partner, and now like they're, the partner has a really high-end body shop, and they're doing a bunch of like 9-11 uh, um, you know, you know, like building them for customers. Right. Like, and I, I remember there was like a, a, a doctor that had a, a, a roof <laughs> built motor and trans in this turbo. And, and, and he wanted it to be a slant nose. So I made the front fenders on it and then it went back over to his partner's body shop and then it got painted. I mean, this body shop did some real nice stuff. And then after that, after <clears throat> working there for a while, do you, is that when you end up over for working for Boyd for a little bit? Yeah, exactly. I was I was down there. I was getting kind of homesick, being by myself so much, mm -hmm. and, and and I had started like through Brett Banker, kind of got me growing up from V Dubs right. into the street rod thing, and, what and, and so now I'm getting Street Rodder magazine, and I'm seeing this guy named Boyd, mm -hmm. and, and, and 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 I'm like, well, and then you know, it's it, it was very very early stages, so I wasn't really that totally fascinated about it right but 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 i was seeing them in magazines and stuff and mm -hmm. and, and i was getting homesick and then and i made some phone calls and, and one was to go work at boyd's and the other one was to go work at marcel's yeah marcel couldn't he didn't need anybody full-time 
with my little and limited experience, and I was, I was really, really green. Sure. I mean, I could make those fenders and I could metal finish them. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, it's, it's a, an accomplishment, don't get me wrong. But when you start getting in these street rod shops, yeah. and they're making, now they're making car bodies, you yeah. know, some of the high level stuff. And, and, and now you're, you better have a really good customer. But, but so this boy, to me, was one of them guys in the beginning. It was just like, wow, they're building some neat stuff. Sure. So, so I ended up getting the job at Boyd's, or I got the interview. I, got, I, um, I, I had both the interviews, and, and, and then I ended up just picking Boyd. And when I got at Boyd's, I was a little bit hungover from the night before because mm-hmm. I was kind of celebrating. I was so excited and nervous, uh, um, and, and so I show up. And I don't think I ate anything and probably drank a pot of coffee. I was all nervous. And, 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 and Boyd takes me out in the back. And, and Craig Naff was the guy that ran the sheet metal shop. Yeah. And Craig Naff is the one that's famous for the, like, Catzilla. Yeah. Uh, um, some of them early 32 bodies. Uh, Arlen Ness was always having stuff made mm-hmm. at Boyd's. And, and Craig was the one doing it. Kind of, and then it would go over to the paint shop and, you know, assembly, you know, so, and it would, that was the first time I'd ever been in a shop other than working like in a dealership. Right. And, you know, that type of environment where it's like, wow, this place is professional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, you, you know, like tile, not t- you know, like the linoleum on the floors yeah. and, you know, everything's painted and, 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 and how long, you, and, how long do you work there for? Um, I didn't last very long there. Um, it was about a year, kind of. Um, me and Boyd didn't get along too well, and <laughs> I'll get back to that later. But but um, so he, I cut my finger real real bad, and somehow I think that kind of like as soon as I got came, I came back, I you know like a week or two later I got let go. I don't know if I had that, that had anything to do with it. I'm not in bad mouth and Boyd or anything like that. Sure. sure. Uh, um, but it's, I don't know. So but anyway, what, so working there. Get, go ahead. Pardon, but Craig Nass mm-hmm. is, some people can make stuff, and then there's people that make stuff that are they're kind of artists. You know, like they, their stuff's just a little bit farther or a little, they spend more time doing it. Yeah. And, 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 there's a guy, I'm going to salute, I don't even know him, but, 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 but Craig Knapp is the guy I'm working for, but what I'm getting at, there's a guy, I think he's in, in Australia, and his name is, I think, I think it's Australia, mm-hmm. but he's got like a real, like a Kiwi Australian accent type deal, sure. uh, but his name is Mark Nugent, and, and he does like a lot of exotic, classic sport, race car, sports car, um, uh, coach work, rebuilding uh, 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 stuff like old school. I mean, he's got a power echoed shrinker stretcher, but he, you know, he still wheels out most of everything he does. And, and when you look at his metalwork and his bracketry and, and stuff like that, it's just like, Oh my God, that guy is good. And, and, and so, so, so going from doing body work, like I, I, I dug it. And in the early stages of the fabrication stuff, but I was just kind of getting bored. Boyd's was like, like, wow, there's people. <laughs> I mean, it was just like amazing that people were spending that much money 
and, and, and he was getting, and he was pulling it off. You know, he was building nice stuff for that. You know, I mean, you, you, you know, it's like anything in life. Everything kind of progresses. Right. And, and, and Boyd, Boyd is kind of like Tony Alva in the skateboard world. Yeah. When it comes to like street rod building, he kind of like, here I am, you know, motherfuckers, you know, building the best that you could. Yeah. And those early days were all them Swedes, like, and, 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 and Dwayne, like, so, so Boyd started out in his backyard. I think he had two, two car garages in Stanton and he was hooked up with a couple Swedes and, and, and they were building chassis in the backyard. Yeah. And, and, and little John Deterra was the kind of the original brains when it came to making the billet aluminum parts back in the early days. Yeah. And then, and then Dan Fink and Steve Davis were the guys doing the metal work and building, you know, like making, taking these old thirties and forties cars and making them nice. Yeah. If they had to make something, because Steve Davis, I mean, we all have a hero. He's one of mine. Uh, uh, um, and, and here's a funny story back to Brett Banker. I'm sorry, these stories, That's I right. get going and they trigger another story. Sure. But sure. Steve Davis, so I'm over at Brett's, and, and, and I was cobbling these fenders together. They looked metal finished, but I was still learning how to straighten stuff at that skill level. I mean, God, that's been over 30 years ago. Yeah. But what I'm getting at, so I'm real green. I'm a freaking grommet. And, 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 and this world of super, super talented people. Because Brett, talented people have talented friends. Yeah. And when yeah. Brett would have a, like a barbecue, and I'm renting this little corner and hammering these front fenders out, and, and then once in a while I'd work on something for Brett, maybe to help pay the rent type deal or you know whatever and, and and i remember one time so brett has this 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 barbecue and you open the back door and it's like from there you can see the ocean yeah i mean it's not close but you it's it, you know you're part of newport beach sure, kind of sure. and, and it was kind of a neat shop because mm -hmm. there was no buildings behind it and you could just see you know when it was a clear day it was pretty and 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 Who's so anyway so brett yeah, so this barbecue was cool, and I had hammered out this rear fender on, a, I think it was like a 36 Ford panel. Uh, the, uh, it was like the, a Budweiser brewmaster owned it, and Brett was restoring it. Yeah. And, and, and so he told me, I was capable, I straightened the rear fender, but there were some hammer marks, and, and to, 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 to see a, a true craftsman's work, look at the backside of it. Right. And, and that will tell you how talented whoever did the work uh, on a weld joint type deal. Sure, sure. That to me, to me, I mean, that's just that's oh, yeah. my illusion in life. You know, there's a different levels and skills and whatever for different people. But for me, uh, when like somebody pointed it out one time, I can't remember uh, who you know even mentioned it. You know, because I'm like, all I want to do is get the outside nice. You know, when you first right. start, and, then just... and, and and then eventually, you know, you just keep pushing yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and like some of the stuff that just, if you do it like in mathematical steps, mm -hmm. you know, like one, two, three, four, and do them all at the same rate, 
type deal. This is the end result type deal. It's almost a no brainer. And, 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 but, but I mean, it's, some of these guys are so amazing that, that do this metal work. So who's at the barbecue? So Steve Davis mm-hmm. is hanging out and, 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 and I didn't know who he was. I had met him one time because I worked at Terry Buick downtown in Huntington mm-hmm. and the body shop manager that I was working, you know, just a funky painter kid kind of, and, and he told me to go cut this piece of metal. He goes, walk over there. It's right next to the golden bear and go see Stevie. I had to who freaking go. I said, anyway, I go in there and like, Hey, uh, Paul, tell me to come over and cheers. Cause Oh yeah, here's the marks. And, and he sheared it. And I walked away. That was all the conversation, you know, and, and the communication with this guy. I didn't know him. And then years later, that, I didn't even know it was the same guy, to tell you the truth. That I just wasn't paying attention. Right. And, and, and so he's at this barbecue, and I kind of overhammered this rear fender on this, this panel that Brett's working on. And, and, and Brett come over to me and goes, hey, you see that, that, that guy over there, kind of a balding guy? I go, yeah, yeah. He goes, you know who he is? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, he's God to you. And Brett, him talking, you know, he, you know, he's a he's a good fabricator to me, type deal. But he's God to you right now. Right. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. So, so, uh, you know, I later on, Brett tells me he Stevie went over, like he was looking at this panel because there was, you know, you could see that somebody was working on spots, and, and I kind of grill a metal finish this <laughs> this rear fender, you know, and. and and Stevie asked, who was the, who was the caveman that, that straightened that rear fender? Yeah. And I was so embarrassed. I'm like, oh, man. But it, but it was one of them deals. It's like, okay, I just got to get better, you know? And, yeah, it pushes, be, pushes you to be better. So you now work for, for this guy for a while. When, when do you decide to, to start making some of the custom VW parts that you make? Has that just been over the past few years? I mean, how recent did you start fabbing stuff well, my for skill level type deal, um, when I was putting my black Ghia together, I had a, a, a low-light Ghia, and, and it's kind of a funny story on that car. Uh, Steve Wilkerson, that's in DKK, mm-hmm. had a little repair shop up in Valley, something, I can't remember what the area. Like a 20-minute ride from my mom's neighborhood on the 605 freeway to this place. Not very far. Yeah. And, and and later on in life, I'm I, I can't remember if I was married at the time. And he's building a motor for my wife. I think we were probably married. Obviously, if she was my wife. But so we go to Stevie's shop, and there's this low light sitting there. And, and there, you know, we're talking about having Steve build the motor and blah blah blah. And and and, and I'm joking around. I'm like, hey, how much for the bumper guards? And he ended up selling them to me, but I ended up buying the car. The low light? Down the road. Like, oh, it was probably like a year and a half later. So this thing was like an original paint. I think it was a 50, yeah, I think it was a 57. It was a pretty, really nice starter car. And, 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 and the guy that owned it was having Steve build a motor, and he owed him money, and he was in the Navy. And so it was almost like getting it lean to buy it type deal. Right. But, uh, um, so, so Steve calls me and goes, yeah, the kid got the car and now he wants to sell it. I'm like, well, how much does he want for it? And I think it was like 1400 bucks or I, I can't remember. It was pretty cheap. For the gear? You know? 
Yeah, I was probably 35 years ago, though. And, and, and um, but he goes, it got sideswiped since you've seen it last. I'm like, oh, man, it had like one little corner, like, you know, like a parking lot dent. It had a primer spot on it when I saw it. Yeah. So then I go and look at it, and from the headlight, the headlight bucket was flat all the way back to the, to the, to the, to the tail light, basically. Oh, wow. So that's why I, that's probably why I got, obviously I got it cheap, but, sure. but just finding a nice car, you know, even then it was hard to find a, a nice early gear. Yeah. And, and, um, so anyway, so I buy the thing and then right away I start searching for NOS parts for the thing. Cause I have a itch for, you know, I like to put really nice cars together. Sure. And, and I, my thing is to buy a really nice body. Mm-hmm take it apart and then put it together with NOS parts and, and do the best work you can paint and body, blah, blah, blah type deal. And, and that to me is the result I look for. Uh, not that it's any better than anybody else's stuff, but that's no, but just, you just like it. It's just what you, it's just yeah. What you yeah. Like. It's just my, maybe it's an art form, not really an art form. It's just a, I don't know, a style maybe, but, uh, um, um, so you so you get the gear oh okay so so anyway looking for the NOS so parts and you're gonna do some yeah yeah so 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 I'm married I'm right basically in Stanton mm-hmm. like a stone throws away from where Boyd eventually went to when he opened up like a like he rented a building I lived right by there mm-hmm. and across the Beach Boulevard was Truck and Bug and then around the corner was. I want to say it was beat up heaven or something it was actually on beach Boulevard. I could like skateboard and go get spark plugs and right, stuff like that. Right. They were that close. And then right on the corner of truck and bug, there's a, I think it's still a, an automotive paint store. It's on beach Boulevard. I want to say it's Rose. Maybe I can't, it's not so long, but anyway, so I called this guy cause he had some gear stuff sitting in there, like taillight housings, like, you know, that stuff, sure. you know, as I, I'm like, well, I guess that would be a, good place to start so i call him up and i told him i go i need a quarter panel i'm looking for an nos for a quarter for a driver's side low light he goes yeah i got one and i go now did you hear me i said like an early gear you know 359 because yeah i have i have a couple of them i'm like no shit so i go over there on a fucking stingray basically i can i or maybe i skateboarded but it was like just hop across beach boulevard yeah i go in his shop in the back and he's got like NOS Gia stuff just hanging. I'm like, oh my god! Now I really wish I would have bought everything he had. But so I paid like a hundred. I think it was like a hundred and fifty for this NOS quarter. And it was, you know, that's not that's that, you know, thirty five years ago, thirty thirty five. You know, that's, that was a pretty good chunk of change. Sure. Uh, um, and then I he had an NOS door. Then I got I knocked the front headlight bucket out, straightened the front fender, put an NOS bucket back in. And then I re-leaded all the door gaps to where they were all nice and tight on the thing. And, and that's when I was working at Boyd's. And Bill Schwimmer was my, uh, my roommate at the time when he had that oval that right. was like, oh, my God, that thing was fast. And, and, and like, it's funny, these stories, you know, like some of these stories trigger and, and I forgot, you know, like you sure. go through life and you forget about them and, oh yeah, that, you know, that's connected to that. But so Schwimmer and I ended up being roommates when I first moved back from, from Encinitas. 
and and he's got that oval that Mark Beckley helped with on full tilt. Yeah. And it was fast. So we would either flat tow it, or or or, or if somebody had a trailer and a, you know a car that could tow it. We would take it to the street races every Sunday night and hustle somebody for like a future night. You know why have a bunch of people follow you and you know have the cops phone and shit like that. But so so Bill Schwimmer had a really fast car, and and, and that's when I started meeting like Mark Beckley, yeah, um, Greg Boris, Mike Kerber, Mark Kerber, uh, Bill Lopez, Billy Bad. Uh, um, they're all Huntington Beach kind of guys. Uh, uh, Greg Boris had this house <laughs> that it was like it was like an Animal House uh, for for anybody in the Vita world that was a character. <laughs> it was just like a party pad yeah. type deal, and it was fun. And they had a bug in party one night. But anyway, so 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 Bill Schwimmer's got this thing on full tilt, and and. and like I was dating this girl that had a like a super beetle. She, she, she's kind of a surfer chick that I knew, yeah. and, and, and she was. It was just transportation. And, and Bill and I are kind of you know we're you know we're neck deep in talent and, and cool what I call cool V Dub stuff. Uh-huh. And, and, and so so like every weekend I'm on this thing doing the gaps and letting this thing up and you know sanding and filing and and she's like. Never seen Bill's car run. And, and she's like, I don't know why you guys are always messing with these V-dubs. They never run or they're always breaking down and blah, blah, blah. So I go in hey, I go, hey, Bill, give Mary Lou a ride in your car. So, so this is like a 12-second V-dub, mm-hmm. no interior, cage. I think it had like a hoop and a sidebar and one seat in it, uh, all the windows. I think it was full bumper. I can't remember, but it, but Mark Veckley is a genius. When you know he's he's like part of the Bergs for for like ever. If people don't know who he is, right? And he's a genius when it comes to building stuff. And 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 um. So he takes uh, his girl for a ride in the twelve second bus. Oh yeah. Okay. So so so. Bill gives her kind of a hot, you know, e-ticket around the block. I mean, he actually had to bolt the rockers on, right, and, 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 and get it running, which it, you know didn't take anything to get it running. And, and he he gave her like a hot lap, and and, it, and they smoked up like a five zero Mustang uh, doing it on this. But anyway, so so they pull back up this alley, and the neighbors hated us because we were in like this little apartment complex, and and his car was loud. And, and and just get it running and leaving. You know, we had an irritated neighbor type deal, and she hated it. Like when we like when we're coming home from the street races late at night, like you know two three o'clock sometimes, and they were bitching and moaning like, oh god, if we dropped a fucking tow bar, <laughs> you know, like an explosion. Yeah. So so um, he they come back and she's like setting kind of like where the rear seat would be and hanging on the cage, riding in this thing. And, 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 and she gets out, she's like, motherfucker, I've ridden in Porsches and Ferraris, and this fucking thing is fast. I'm like, I told you, you know. And, and, and it was kind of a funny experience living with Bill. And, and, and like, when, I remember one night we, because this group of, so, so Greg Boris, he's like the ringleader of a bunch of, like, 
<laughs> this guy's having fun. That's all I can say without pointing and right, you know, right. getting us arrested or whatever. But uh, uh, so he's got this little group of guys that were like, we just go to street races on Sunday night, you know, and, and we'd all pitch in, like, oh, here's 10, here's 20, whatever. And, and, and then we'd go find somebody and have Bill race them. And, and, and this one night, this guy's got this Tenno with a V8. It was probably pretty fast. Mm-hmm. But Bill's car would yank the front wheels in second gear. I mean, this thing was, you know, on slicks, you, you know, and, and, you know, jetted for the day. Uh, um, um, Bill is very meticulous and he's kind of a perfectionist at what he does. So he was all, I mean, he made that car whole ass. And, and, and he, it was funny looking at the face of this dude in this pen when this, this VW is launching in second gear and the front wheels are off the ground type deal. And, and, and I mean, it was super fast. And that was like, like you see and hear about like the Bergs mm-hmm. and people like that. And Bill Schwimmer was kind of, he was the guy, those people are using the parts. You know what I mean? They're yeah. like the, in the group of guys I ran with type deal. And, and, and I, there was a fun group of guys. It was like Glenn Gasky, Schwimmer, Freddie DeSoto, Jeff Douglas, uh, uh, Dave Mason, um, God, there's probably more, but they're all like BMX or they're all like kind of extreme sports type guys. Yeah. And, and, and I, I hate to say, but those guys are kind of notorious for stirring shit up. And I fit real, you know, real in real quick, kind of. And 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 I'm, you know, I grew up in that world, so it was just another branch of people to hang out with. And and. and and they were fun, and they were and they were the guys making shit haul ass yeah. that I knew. And you were and, and you're you're kind of the metal guy doing the fab work. The yeah, metal, I never had steel, anything fast. I mean, work. yeah, my gear was fast, but it had that, there was nothing on that car that made that car haul ass that I had anything to do with. Well, I mean, I made the fan shroud yeah. and the exhaust. Everybody's got their, like, their strong suits. Now, when when do you decide to start gab fab and start building parts for? I just got fed up working for people. Yeah. Um, like is most people want. Move, is that when you moved to, to up to the Reno area, up to Carson City? No, nah, no. Nah. So, so, so I'm working at Gurney's, and, and um, I moved in with a Rex Hutton. Um, we had a pool table and a keg, so there was a lot of drinking. Sure. And, and I had my gear done. And, 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 and I, I kind of got a shitty attitude yeah. work, you know, like the second half of when I worked there and it was nothing. And now I look back, I'm like, what an idiot. I really was an idiot. But, but so I'm working at this place and I'm loving it. And I, my attitude changes and, and, and yeah, I mean, I love doing what I was doing there, but the body and metal shaping part, mm-hmm. It's just, it's like a magnet. It's just, that's what I really love to do. You know, I, I, you know, some people are born to be a dentist. Yeah. Some people, you know, a football player or whatever. I, I just, I was, I've wanted to be a good bodyman my whole life for some reason. And, and when I see bare metal cars, like the street rod thing that's going on now, where, oh, yeah. I mean, these guys are just, it's a shame to paint them. 
Yeah, there's a lot of you know, the, metal work goes into these cars. Yeah, and the, and the craftsmanship, it's kind of brought like an influx of people learning and, and the talent. Because, like, when I started, you know, like, Costa Mesa, you know, like, all the good guys mm-hmm. were down at the beach. And then the guys that had the power hammers, and, 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 and they were kind of in the L.A. area. So, so the, these hammers and stuff like that were coming from the aircraft industry. And, and L.A., Long Beach, you know, for a while, when I first opened my shop, there was so much equipment for sale, like auctions. Just from um, the aerospace places going out of business? Yeah, that? exactly. And that, it's, like, it's weird, this whole journey in my life, uh-huh. um, I know I've pissed a lot of people off, but sometimes I must have done something right, the right God type deal and it just led me to the right place at the right time sure and and and, and so i'm looking for equipment and, and like one of my kick shrinkers oh god i mean uh back then 30 years ago uh-huh. um they were you know if you found one for about 1500 that was kind of a fair price yeah and now they're six seven grand each probably for these old Urcos, I'm sta- I'm looking at them while I'm talking to you. Yeah. But uh, um, just the equipment's just not there anymore. Like a like a Yoder hammer. Um, people dream about having a new Corvette or whatever. I'm like, man, if I had a Yoder hammer, I could make some neat stuff. And and and, and that's where I want to grow to. Now, I, and I've it, seen and I've seen on your website that you're like. Or on your Facebook page, did you you actually look like it looked like you were making some like Fender bucks for like a for like a um, a Carmen Ghia, like an early Ghia. Yeah, so 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 Lauren up in Reno is kind of like an early Ghia guru mm-hmm. type kind of. I mean, he, he's he's a walking encyclopedia. Sure. And, and, and so he's got a, a low light Ghia that I got that I'm working on, and he's got like an original paint. Nice car, but like the whole bottom is rotted. Sure, he bought it up in Tahoe, and and, and it's rusty. <clears throat> and so anyway, so, so so the convertible came in for me to work on, and then he, I knew. Then he had this, you know, it's never been hit, rusty, original paint, low light, and I go, can you bring that down here so I can make templates? And you know, I mean, just you know, this thing's never even really hardly been taken apart. Right. But it's kind of wore out, and it's real rusty. So for making measurements and patterns, at least I could get kind of in the ballpark. And then, and then, like at any given time, I got a couple, two or three or four ideas sitting in my shop. So, so like when it's pattern time, it's like, okay, which one of these hunks of junk has a decent section there? I can make a nice pattern. But I mean, you kinda. did you teach yourself how to make like bucks, like wood bucks, like that? Um, like. Like, or is it something you picked when up you, working when for you, somebody else? Yeah, yeah. So, so there's different ways of doing it. Uh-huh. Like some guys like to use like wire, like heavy, like you right, know, like a quarter frame. inch rod. Yeah. yeah. And, and and then they kind of hammer it and bend it and roll it and whatever, and get like a like an envelope shape mm-hmm. of of something like they want to. Uh, uh, what makes you like to use wood better? Um. There's a combination of both, kind of mm-hmm. like when you're doing really detailed corners and, and, and areas like that. The wood you can kind of shape 
and see the piece you're making. Right. But those wire form bucks are kind of, they're neat. They're really nice for like long sweeping shapes, you know, like sure. from point A to point B, they should just carry that shape type deal. But when you get around, like I'm staring at a Carmen Ghia, so I'm going to talk about like, so when you get around the headlights or the taillight areas, there's a lot of different shapes going in a million different directions. Yeah. And, and, and when you, like you've got to have a lot of patience doing this stuff, but you just take this flat piece of metal and then you, you hammer it into a potato chip that lays flat <laughs> on whatever the shape that you're making. And then you decide you're going to leave. You're going to start your own shop. You're going to do your own gab fab stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I got, I, 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 I told the GM mm-hmm. at Gurney's to, you know, like whatever, right. go Pound fuck it. yourself. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. yeah. And, and then I went to Metal Crafters. I think that was the second time I worked there. And that was a place that does concept cars for like GM and Chrysler and, and, and studio work. Like Orange County, you pick a car brand, mm-hmm. and there's probably a studio somewhere building full scale cars. Sure. And, and, and Metal Crafters, um, the Gofoglio family, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a father and three sons. And, and one of the sons is a pretty decent fabricator. One of them is a, a, a designer, kind of. And then the other son is kind of a, 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 the business side of it. The one that, you know, that's able to get the checks to give to the people that are, that are working and, and creating these projects. Right. And, and this Gafoglio family, it, the father started off, he's an, the, the family's Argentinian. And, and, and the father started off in obviously Argentina, but he was a bodyman type guy. Like all this stuff, you just kind of progress. And, and, and Tony Carlini, which married Iacocla's sister, is a, is a bike builder, pinstriper guy in Detroit. Yeah. And, and he has Camaretti cars, and he connects metal crafters or the Gafoglio family into. Uh, 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 building concept cars and doing them full scale and mob and, and, and metal type deal. So it's a big where, process. Is that where you go next? So, so I go there a few times. It's I just didn't click in it's there. Not your scene. And and, and and like if 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 like Troy Chapenier said, "Hey, I need you," <laughs> I would move to Illinois. Sure. Like that would be like. Uh, um, um, yeah, and, and and having a team of because yeah. yeah. like in the videos, I mean, I don't know the guy, mm-hmm. but we all have to have a hero. Yeah, and and, and that dude's building some beautiful cars. He does. He's got. A, he's got. A, and, and 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 at that level, it's like picking a flavor. You know, they're all different. Sure. Yeah. So probably, everyone's going to like them differently, but to me, the stuff that he like him and Chip Foose. Yeah, you know, they, they, um, they both do the same thing, but they have two distinctly different styles. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and then Bobby Alloway. Yeah. And Alan Johnson. And, yeah. and, and Bobby Alloway, to me, is... I love his mindset. They're all black. They all got big wheels on them, and they set perfect. Right. That's, to me, that dude's kind of the stance king. He's Bill Lopez to me. I have a, a homie of mine that's in the V-dubs, and he's really into stamps. And, 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 and if you could run something past him and he liked it, 
it, it, it's cool. I mean, it's not because of that, but there's just guys that have a certain, to sure. me, that, that, that we all have a, a liking. Yeah, they've, or got a, the, or they've got the eye for it. So let's get into how you start your shop. So where's your first shop where you first start doing the, the you're gonna, you're going to start you're looking for a market to sell stuff to you figure the VW yeah, market it was kind is, of is a, where it's at it was sort of a I was fed up with the world right and and, and I, I just like I hate when people tell me what to do and when I have to do it kind of type deal yeah but but so through Brett Banker Brett Banker is like like the Rothschilds to me. Like they're the center point of anything and everything. And, and, and Brett Banker's influence and the people he knows, I just, I've, it's, it's insane how many sure. people. But anyway, so I, I meet this guy named the Pollock, and, and his name is Ron, and at one time, I bet he painted more than half of the cars at Indy. You know, and... and he had a shopping coast to Mesa, and, and 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 I rent part of his shop one time, and then that's where I started meeting like Rex Hutton, Mike Lewis, uh, um, uh, they're, they're, they're ex Dan Gurney employees. Yeah, and and and, and we all drank beer and, and shopped the shit and safety meetings, so we all kind of blended in, and and, and so I'm renting his shop, and then. Then, then through that group of guys, I get an interview to go work at Dan Gurney's. And here's a weird story. And, and it, it, so when I'm like in, I don't know, fourth or fifth, sixth grade, I'm in grade school. And, and I used to like to draw. I'm not Chip Foose, but I used to like to draw. Right. And, and, but I got into drawing indie cars because they're kind of easy. You know, they're straight lines, you know, versus like a car shading, blah, blah, blah. That's an artist. I wasn't. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm drawing these indie cars. And, and this one I used to always draw was this white car with Olsenite on it and, you know, like blue stripes. Hold on, let me get another glass of water. So, so I'm drawing like aerial views of them, you know, like 1D type pictures of them. I just dug them. So I get a job at Gurney's, and I probably so there's a really really and famous. And, but what's Dan Gurney do at his shop? That's before my time. So he, I know he's, I know he's a famous like F1 driver, and he he's okay. So a he, driver. but what does his shop do? So so Dan Gurney. Uh huh. Um. So there's a guy named Carol Shelby. I know Carol Shelby. Yep. And then there's the GT40. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 then there's this. If you saw the movie um, Ferrari versus Ford, right, Ford v Ferrari. Yep. So so Carol Shelby's side right hand man is Phil okay. in that movie. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't even. They should have called him Rim because his name is Phil Remington, mm-hmm. and his nickname is Rim. It would be like Gabbard and Gabby, sort yeah, of right. you know, like yeah, just right. a you know take off of his name. Yeah. But he's just he was seventy two. And I think I was 28 working there, and that was 30 years ago, 31, some runner. And, and, and he could outwork two of me, but it was like a grandfather and grandson relationship. Right. I was just out of control kid, and, and I got this old guy next to old grumpy, like he's ho- like old school, you know, work ethic, 
uh, was in the service, uh, came back after World War II. Um, his first race car job was working for Luigi, and, and Luigi built, built, built like midgets and sprint cars and stuff like that in the 50s. Right. And so Rim comes back as a hot rodder, and he's got like a mechanical, I don't know, I mean, uh, the timelines of when all this stuff happened in his life, but he, he was like a, uh, he had an engineering degree. Right. And he was a hot rodder, and he could make stuff. And, and, and he's super creative, and, and he's a, also a good woodworker. And, and, and so, so this old boy is next to me with some old, I mean, he's been around. And, and, and Luigi got, a, got, a, got a, a security guard arrested one time. Luigi forgets his, his pit pass to get in the gate at, at Indy. Yeah, and, and and he's like, "Hey Jim, I'm on this team, and it's on my toolbox." And just walked me over, you know, like that kind of stuff. And Pinsky comes walking up, and and, and, and hey, what's going on, Luge? You know, type deal. And and and, and then that guy got kind of the the security guy got let off because right. this Luge guy is like a legend. Sure. And 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 from working at Gurney's. Like the like ex employees, the guys like okay, so there's Jerry Whitfield, that's the machinist. Like he's this gray haired guy that is probably retired. Now these are but all he's guys just there to make that are he's just there to make his stuff for the race cars. So at his pace, race cars at his yeah. Okay, place. so 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 I'm sorry, I, I bounce around, but yeah. so 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 Dan Gurney, uh-huh. and I think it was 1967. Goes over to, to to Europe and wins a Formula One race in an all American built car, mm-hmm. and it's never been done since. And then and then shortly after that, him and and gosh, I think it was AJ. Yeah, it was AJ Foyt. Right. Uh, win Le Mans in a GT40 together, and 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 that's when his career just blossomed. Sure. Type yeah. deal. And then so he got to a point where he's kind of. Uh, manufacturing race car chassis in the seventies and eighties, and that's where like you, you could buy a Gurney for, Eagle. Right. Sorry, what? And that's where you're working for him doing that fabrication over there. No, no, that was that was way before me. And and then so what are you doing at Gurney's when you get your job at? Gurney's, okay, so I get there, there. So the end of the Mark Mark II project, and then it's going into the Mark Three mm-hmm. GTP uh, Toyota sponsored GTP cars. Um. Uh, we the the last year of GTP and the IMSA series, yeah. th- they won every race. Um, it holds track records. At, at it's the most winning race car ever built, believe it or not. Yeah, and and, and, and Gurney's building these, and he's got a shop full of talented people. And I'm at best, I'm just a good. I could weld flares, you, you know, on a Porsche sure. and, and stuff like that. I mean, I was, I'm still really just. I'm, I'm real limited, you know. I fake some of it, but there's some really talented people on this planet. And how long but, are you working at Gurney's before you start your own place? Uh, I worked there about three years. And then and, what? And then, what makes you decide to go open your own place? I know you don't like working. I just for got people. fed up working for people. So then I move in next to Mike Lewis. Mm-hmm. And, and okay, so we called it Zuma Beach, but it was a Zuma business complex right over by Boeing, uh, uh, by Camelot. Kind of up by Kramer. Uh, um, so anyway, so I move in this complex because I know Mike Lewis, 
And then I'd heard about this Lance guy. I'll get into him in a minute. But Mike Lewis was, was a guy that he's really good with math. He's really good on a press break. And he was making uh, wing skins back in, I want to say the 70s maybe. I don't know if it blended into the 80s. But those big wing, aluminum wings that were on the Eagles. Mike was like one of the guys making the wings. And and that type of fabrication. He doesn't know how to weld. He ships me stuff. that He's in Arizona, and I'll weld it for him and ship it back to him kind of type stuff. So anyway, I move in next door to him. and, 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 And those cars that I used to draw in grade school, the one with the Olsenite on it. Right. So I did, so I'm working at Gurney's and I'm seeing like old body part trophies hanging up on the wall and Olsenite on it. And I still don't know what Olsenite is. So one night, uh, Mike, Mike Summers is, is an old roommate of mine and we were some bar or whatever, uh, uh, working on some girls and, and I walk into the bathroom and I'm peeing you know, and like in a stand-up urinal, and I looked down, and it says Olsenite. I'm like, that's a fucking toilet company. <laughs> kind of was like, wow, I didn't know that. Right. And it, so that was kind of a funny spot in my life about that. And so, you know, I, I go, and I start working down there, and, and, and then I get kind of burned out, and I'm not doing what I want, so I'm like, screw it. You know, I'm going to go open my own deal and, 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 and see what happens. You know, so- I'm going to... You decide to pull the pin. What year is this that you start GabFab? I think it was 92 or 3. I think it was 93. So this is all pre-Samba stuff. So what are you doing? Are you just doing restorations, or what are you doing there? um, Good question. What was I doing down there? Um, I had an old, like, let me think. I had a, I can't even remember how I, there's a guy that's, oh, I know. So Fred, Fred Cox that I've known forever is working for like, I think pro one or, or tower custom. And, and he could send, he always knew guys that wanted some, you know, nice fab work. Right. So he would send me stuff. So, so uh, someone or somebody he knew had this Willie's. It was like an old gasser. And, and, and then he, the guy owned it, took it and put like a tube chassis under it. And he needed like floors and wheel tubs and hinge the doors and, you know, just sort of put this thing together, mm-hmm. and 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 I'd really never done tin work like that that much on race car stuff. I mean, all this stuff. There's guys that like just specialize in stuff that are really good at it, type deal. And mm-hmm. I like the body work type, you know, coach work. We'll just call it that. You know, fixing damaged body, yeah. or you know, uh, with the right equipment, you just make body panels. And, and, and that's what I like, getting door gaps. And I'll take that into the street rod world and, and add my V-dub thing to it and, and, and have heroes like, Troy, you know, Rad Rides by Troy. And, and that's my vision of Gab Fab someday. Like, just um, sure, nothing cookie cutter. Well, you know, we, we and, spoke and, earlier on the phone. And you said you would love you would love to get a customer that would want to build a Volkswagen to, to a like a Troy like a Rad Rides. Yeah, style yeah. Like build. work with a designer. Sure. And and, and 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 like Tom Taylor. I mean, there's like and how long? But how long do you think? Let's say concept comes in, concept pictures, all this stuff. How long do you think a project like that's going to take you to do? 
Well, that's one of them deals where I, uh, I'm not taking on anything like that until I could get a team of guys. How hard um, has it been to get a team of guys? Oh, I, I can't even. Just getting a helper. Um, I don't know if it's the fluoride in the water up here, but no one wants to work. And it's yeah. very restaurant and casino. Well, I think, that's, I, I think that's a lot of a lot of where, you know, where everything is because you know there's so much, there's so much easy money to be made doing so. Yeah, many this things. is not fun work, and you no. getting to be a my helper, because um, I'm an ass. You know, if it's not done right, right. you know, it's like right. I don't care if my customer. I mean, my my helper smokes weed. You know, whatever it takes to just to take your time and, and do what it takes to do what we got to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not here to like be dad. I just want the job done and I want it done the best you can do. Right. And, and, and unfortunately, like a guy I would have do any of my upholstery is down in SoCal, Gabe's. Uh, um, and, and, and like, I'm sure there's a talented guy up here. I just don't know any, uh, um, and now, just getting material. Some up of the here, first stuff that you've that that you started making that I can recall is the carburetor windows. Is that one of the yeah, first so, things that you start making? So, so I'm I'm building this white bug. I call C O W hyphen L O O K mm-hmm. instead of Cowluck. Cowluck. <laughs> I don't. Right. Uh, I was on. I got on uh, some some Cowluck forums, and there was a bunch of people with rules and stuff. I'm like, Oh my God, can't we just have fun, right. you know, and relax and, you know, not nitpick at quick, fine and pepper and, you know, fly shit right. and pepper right. type deal. Uh, 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 but anyway, so, so that's where the name came from. And, and, and I fuck, what was I talking about anyway? <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, uh, we're talking about the, you start making the windows, the carburetor windows. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so I got this white car I'm building mm-hmm. and it's in the spray booth. And I'm ready to start taping this thing up. And I'm like, shit, I need some carb windows. So I roll it out. And after I rolled it out, that's when I cut the corners of the dash and got rid of the vents. And, 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 and it's like uh, so ADD you, kit so on. You, you shave the heater, the, the windshield defrost vents. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just cut that whole corner out and made it from a flat piece of metal. Right. And continued the the eyebrow of the dash to mm-hmm. kind of blend into nothing was the kind of the theme of the corners. So anyway, in, in the middle of all that, I make these, these carb windows. I mean, it's like, I hate cutting holes in cars and, and, and I'm like, this is the only way I could figure out how to do it is just making like an aircraft bulkhead fitting. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's where that came from. And I made, um, made a few, and then I'm like, screw it. I just had Larry down. I still use my same laser cutter in, in Orange County, Larry, at uh, Laser Innovations. And, and, um, so you made a couple of prototypes made, and then you go into production. Yeah, and yeah. And then, and then, and then I was sitting at a friend of mine's little beer bar up here. And I had just moved up here and I asked, I think it was my friend Dwayne. I was, somebody in the bar I was asking. But somebody else gave me the answer that I didn't know. But, like, where do I get drill bits and, and, and end mills and stuff like that when I first moved up here? Mm-hmm. And this, this, this gentleman named Chris, I have now he, he's kind of like my machinist guy. And 
he's like, what do you need? And I, you know, I told him just general stuff, you know, what I did. You know, I'm kind of a bodyman type guy. and work with sheet metal. I TIG weld, blah, blah, blah. And then we kind of kind of grew into a relationship. And now, like, um, like I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a gunsmith. And, 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 and he's just an amazing machinist. Yeah. And he's patient. And he's the one. I, I make this hinge pin tool. Yeah, I was going to talk and, about that. I've, I've seen you make a hinge pin tool for the bus and for the bug. Yeah, he's the brains behind that thing. And and um, Mark Akulian, I was building a car for. Mm-hmm. He brings his car up, and it needed hinge pins. And he brings me this. Some guy named Joey was making them. And and, and I'm not going to badmouth another man's work, but it was just like I think I could do a little bit better. Right, needed a little refining, sure. So, so I take this thing over to Chris and Chris is, you know, he's like any good machinist, you know, in CAD, you know, I mean, that's just, a, that's like going to the moon for me with my skill level. Right. And, and, and so I told him what I wanted, what it was for, what it needed to achieve. Cause it's just, you know, like when you make stuff, you, you got to have critical thinking skills and just get to the basics. Right. And, and him and I kind of throw some ideas, and, and, and mine was probably 5%. And then, and then like a day later, he calls, hey, I got something, and if you want to come and look at it. So he's got this CAD program. I, I guess it's probably pretty common. I don't know. But he can cycle things on the, on the screen, and, it, and if there's any interferences or if there's, any, you know, like, Right, it's three D. Uh, it's a three D modeling software, so it goes through the whole the whole process and shows the rotation of the pin or the, yeah, exactly, the mechanism. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and so he's got this thing on there, and I'm like, oh my god, that's bitching. Yeah, you know. But when he comes down to it, it's a it's a miniature arbor press. Right, that's is it. what he designed. Sure, that's handheld, and and that. They're really nice, but they're they're expensive, and you know, like either people love them. I've had people destroy them, and then I got another guy. In, so, what in, is in, one of those a hinge pin tool? What does one of those run from your from your shop? Well, I'm gonna jump them up this next. Well, I haven't done them mm-hmm. in probably over a year or so. So right now, he's Chris, my my machinist, is helping me with my wash. He makes my washers. Right. So like fender and pan washers. Yeah. And, and so that's the project in hand. And then after that will be the, the next run of the, the, the uh, hinge pin tools. Now, what made you and, decide to do the, the fender and pan washers? Because you make a, and that's kind of what I want to talk about in a second, is you make a, a list of stuff, a, a list of parts. I mean, you, you've got the hinge pin tool for the bus, the bug. You do, you remake Gia sheet metal, like you make the battery trays for the Gia or the lower, yeah, front, so, lower so, rockers. So this low light convertible I'm working on, it's a mess. It's been clipped. It's had fenders cut off of it. It's had an engine bay brazed and MIG welded into it by somebody. He said, somebody rest said that this guy could do it right. And he takes his car to this guy. And it's like, I'm like, Oh dude, we need to go. What was wrong with it before farther to cut off all this stuff. Right. And then try to figure out how to put it back together. Well, at the time, no one made battery trays. And, 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 and good used sheet metal, is, it's starting to get really hard to find. Especially the center 
section with a latch bolt on. Right. And, and that's something I want to make eventually, but, you know, that's, you know, like a big, giant project for me to pay get the tooling. But, I mean, stuff, some, of the things, some of the things that you make that people can just buy directly from you that you have. Yeah, yeah. So I got... Is like so, car so, windows. Yeah, so I, I usually have those on hand, on shelf. Um, what about the, the I, I like the, I, I, it's funny, I just used it, we're at my brother's shop last week, because my brother restores cars, and he had the, uh, the tool that you make for straightening out the engine tin rubber. And yeah, I made the, yeah, so that was just out of necessity. Sure. You know, just being, being well, a fabricator and you're. Yeah, I liked and, it. I mean, it, it made it super easy for me to go around and straighten all that out. Yeah, if you get the that, tool through. everything out, you know. If you can get the tool through, uh, the rubber falls right behind it. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, and here's another deal. I made a, so the, so the early Carmen Gia's had, that had a 36 horsepower motor in them up yeah. to like half of 59 i think um maybe 60 i i'm I, but anyway but anyway so that surround i end up making and then the channel that's in it i had to make but the thing is it was it was kind of tricky because you, you got the hoop fitting perfect and now you got to put that channel on it but you also got to spot weld it Right. So you can't finish off the the the, the channel. So you you, build, you you make a channel that's uh, um, a little bit over ninety, and then you put a piece of nylon in it, and I use a slip roller to curve it. But then you get that to fit, but you got to spot weld it. But you got to get the spot weld tongs in there to spot weld it. But you couldn't do that if it was closed. To, to, to put the hold the rubber, the engine seal in it, if you follow. Yeah. So, so, so what I had to do is I had to get the thing curved to fit, relaxed, spot weld it, and then I have this reciprocating machine called a Pullmax, or made in Sweden. And basically, it's just a thing that moves up and down in the top. It's not really a hammer, but you can make tooling for it, like male and female dies. So anyway, I made this die that closed it off, and, and and didn't crush it, but, but it, it was kind of it's and it's a progressive deal. It was kind of it was, it was kind of a pain in the ass, but the stuff you kind of got to be like MacGyver, yeah. And, and 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 you know it's it's most of the stuff you got to really get you got to compromise a bunch of time and commit to it. Sure. And and and, and you're trying to do it as cheap as you can because these parts aren't that valuable. Well, at I, think, the end. I think a restoration shop, I think maybe some of the biggest the, the biggest holdback is people don't know what you have that you make that you can help them with a restoration. Um, what, what's, the carming, oh, I'm sorry, what? What's, the, what's the the engine bay tool to straighten out that rubber? What's that piece cost? Somebody wants to buy that from you. The, that, where the, the channel? Yeah, the channel straightener. Um, I think the last batch I made, there were like 450 and I actually need to make another batch, four, but I haven't four, sold one in four dollars in a year. <laughs> well, yeah, but I think nobody knows you have it because are you saying it's four dollars and fifty cents? Four hundred and fifty for the channel tool, the tool that just goes oh, the channel tool. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I thought like, you meant well, the. That's pretty pricey. No, no, no. The, no, no the, yeah, the channel tool. I think God, I think they were like about fifteen bucks. If I remember correct. Yeah, but what I'm I saying, just need to get them laser cut. That's what I'm saying. Fifteen bucks for those. Every dude who's restoring his car should have it because 
even if he straightens his stuff out now, he's going to bend it again, getting the motor in. Oh, yeah, I sold probably... I I sold probably like three or four hundred of them. Yeah, so I mean, but there's when I get them, a market, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of finish time because, like, I get them back from the laser cutter and I grind on them and radius all the edges where they're going through the channel. Well, why don't so they it's draw, a little bit time why they, consuming? Why don't they draw it that way? Well, no, I mean it's they're like the edges are they're 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 relaxed, so it's not a really sharp edge. And then I wire brush them with a really heavy coarse wire wheel on a like a like on a one horsepower um, a motor to where you can kind of you can deburr parts with it and that's how i deburr sheet metal right is you just lightly go over the edge and it knocks and, and radiuses and makes it smooth all in the kind of the same shot right and, and and but you still need to do it to all these so those little hand tools are sort of a pain in the butt mm-hmm. and, and i ran out of them and i need to get another run of them cut yeah. And, like, I would just do, like, 15 or 20 at a time so I didn't right. get too bored. Because being a one-man shop and building cars for customers and myself, and, and I got two big dogs and, and the maintenance on equipment and, and, and just, you know, I mean, anything that's going on in the shop, I'm the one doing it. So, so it's hard. Like, you just schedule blocks of time. Like, certain jobs, like, like car windows are kind of, there's there's sort of no brainers. So on days where you really don't want to do stuff that you're like, like you're tired from thinking that kind of stuff, and you yeah. just kind of want a job just to kind of go through the motions, right? You know, turn music on and just kind of work. You know, each those those moods or those kind of mindsets, mm-hmm. I just pick stuff and work on, and. and 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 then sometimes I work on my own stuff. I like you know screw it, I'm done. Tired of working on t- customer stuff. And 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 there's no rules for when I'm doing my stuff. Sure. Like and and then I'll work a week or so on something. At least try to get pick one thing and finish it. So now are and you, then put the car. Are are you? If if somebody wanted to bring you a car, what type of stuff are they bringing you a car for? For fab work, like in, if. If they've if they've got a car they want to build and have you do the metal and fab work, that's something you'll take um, on. Well, um, I've done one on hot rod up here in ten years, uh-huh. and then and then Bill Rogers, that's in DKP mm-hmm. two, or I think in DKP two, he's in Gardnerville, mm-hmm. and he's like a half an hour away, and he was building a car, and I did a bunch of work on it. Um, I've, it's been lean up here to tell you the truth. What's your, what's uh, your ideal customer? Cause I know that you've got the skill set. What's the, what's the, what's the kind of guy you're looking for to send you? I want to build cars like I would build. Right. And I want to find really nice, unmolested original paint cars that are wore out. Mm-hmm. Cause you don't want to take a, you know, like a concourse car and turn it into a, I mean, you can, don't get me wrong. And I would still love it, but it's nice when you take a wore out car that's nice and, and you're restoring it partially and, and, you're, and you're doing some trick fab work to, to, yeah. to keep it fresh and fun. Kind of like, you know, I don't even paint cars anymore because it's, I mean, after 40 years or you know, 45 years of painting cars, I could care less yeah. if I painted another car. Yeah, it's and, just and, too but, much and too much, too much, too much time. Yeah, it's just, just too idea. much focus on one thing. Sure. And so much time and, 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 and now just materials and it's, 
and, and getting materials, prices of materials, um, and, and it, it's, it's just a pain in the butt up here. Getting even metal. Like, I get my sheets of metal from an air conditioning and heating guy. Right. And then I have a true value that has a pretty good, it's not anybody that's in Orange County and goes to McFadden Bills <laughs> right. is spoiled. And, and, and that was what was nice about having my shop down there. Yeah. I had I had John at Top Line across the street. I had ABC for sheet metal and tubing. I had uh, uh, Ask God, Ask them Anyway, there was like two places to get sheet metal and tubing. There's a place to get automotive paint, McKinsey's for anything you know, like heavy duty V Dub type stuff. It, I mean, it'd just be the easy first place for me to go. Uh, McFadden Dales was. You know, like after lunch, you just swing by there to get your hardware. Yeah, it's, deal. A, it's, it's a lot more. I mean, there's trade-offs, right? It's a lot more challenging. You don't have the selection of places to go. You might have to do more mail order stuff, but your cost of living. Yeah, and that's how I got into the computer. Yeah, yeah like like yeah. I never turned a computer on until. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now it's weird. Like so, so it's funny. A guy, Jeff Douglas, I ride dirt bikes with, and he's connected to the to the early DKK V Dub stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, he, he like we we're like dirt bike riding partners. Like he's kind of the one that got me. I hadn't ridden uh, a dirt bike in a long time, and bought, went and bought a brand new CR two fifty, and 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 then started going down to Elsinore and riding again. But he was teasing me because he's on the computer. He's like, dude, these computers aren't a fad. You need to get one. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. So eventually, I went and bought a laptop, and and, and then. It's like wow, it opened the world up, you know. And then, and then, well, and that's the thing you can you can be in your shop, being in your space, making parts and pieces for people all over the country, all over the world, for that matter. You know, so what what are some what are some things that that maybe not the average listener might know that you make that they could use, like the average thing they use besides you get the the car back um, and stuff like that. But I make I, I make a few low light gear parts. I make the the lower front fenders. Mm-hmm. Um, I make the battery trays left and right for anything up to 65 ish. And when you make where, those, 64 I mean, or five, those look like they're a ton of work. Like they're bead, you got to bead roll all the, all the pressing. Oh, stuff man, I, I, if I, I, it's like a magician. You don't want to give you, sure. give away any yeah, secrets, no, hey. but they're, they're easy to make. So you got I, those it took a bunch stock? of tooling to make them. And, and, you, and you have those in stock. Yeah. Oh yeah. I always, the right ones. I usually, you know, I try to keep four or five of them up on the shelf. And I and I always have a couple pair of low light front fender bottoms. So I'm, I have been out of uh, 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 hinge pin tools for probably I don't know. It's been maybe a year, kind of. It's just not a, a serious prior. I don't sell a lot of them, so yeah. I don't put a bunch of panic in making them. But my carb windows, it's weird. I bet I bet I've probably made seven or eight hundred sets of them. Yeah, and, and they've just gone all over the world. Uh, I make a interesting mid mount. Yeah, I saw and, it's, a, it's a mid mount mounts the tranny from the top, the top five bolts. No, actually, it mounts from the bottom. Does and, it? And, is that and what you do is you. Uh, if you get on the Samba, I'm on um, the Samba. I, I have an ad. Yeah, I looked at it. It looked like it was on the top. Maybe that's the bottom of the tranny. It's just upside yeah, down. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was on the pan was upside All down. Right. I'm sorry. Gotcha. Uh, um, but but basically it's. Um. The flange that goes off the frame horns, I make it wider, 
and then I and then I and then I make it to where I can mount uh, a rubber uh, isolator pad or, or you know uh, basically a rubber pad, and then I and then I, and then and then I uh, uh, cradle from side to side doing that, mm-hmm. and then I hang up, and then I grab the, the 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 nose cone of the trans with the four lower bolts, but it's kind of a funny story, and and and, and through the <laughs> Brett, well, actually, Brett Banker worked mm-hmm. for Butch Wilson, and Butch Wilson was running Kama Offshore Marine in Costa Mesa, and they were next door to the shop I was working at for a while, and and and, and all I knew is his, his name was Butch, kind of. He was just a super super cool guy, and and then and, and then Davey was kind of about my age. Um, uh, uh, let me back up. So, so, so Butch was a, a crew chief in the '70s for Dan Gurney, and, and back like when Bobby Unser was driving in that era, type race cars, and 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 now he's he's moved on from AAR, and then now he's running this offshore marine deal, and they're making out drives, and I want to say the boats were like 50 foot or six. I mean, they were long uh, platoon offshore racing deals with, with like. I, I I thought there were two motors, and who knows if there was three or four? You know, I mean, it was like I don't remember. It's been that long, but anyway. So so Davey was next door. He's kind of my drinking buddy, and on weekends um, we would like swap and help each other. He's building a square back, and I'm building my low light. Mm-hmm. And if he needed, he was more of a machinist, engine builder, and I'm the body man. So we anything we could do to help each other out. So so one weekend. I got my pan over there, and I'm going to weld a Berg mid-mount in. And, 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 and Butch walks by, and he goes, what the hell is that? So I got like a trans housing in the mounts holding the trans in the pan, and it's blasted. And, and, and I'm about ready to start you know, welding the, the tabs off the frame horns for the Berg mount, mid-mount. Right. right. And, and he's like, oh, no, you're not putting that on. And I'm like, wow, this thing's bitching, you know? And, and he goes, no, no. So he goes, what we're going to do is we're going to pocket the frame horn and then take a piece of tubing and make like a cap that goes in there and then weld that up. Then we took the Roundberg mount and bolted it in that pocket. Mm-hmm. Then we made a cap bushing, like a cup that went over the top of that. And then it went from left to right frame horn and grabbed the trans in between. And, and, and it was super clean and no one ever saw it. You know, it was just, it was hard to see. And, you know, and you, you know, you, so many people are looking at shit. That's the last thing you think of, right. but that was all through Butch Wilson and Butch Wilson passed away well, a week or so ago. And, 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 and yeah, yeah. He was just one of them really like all the old guys are dying off type yeah. deal. And, and so anyway, I move into Zuma, Zuma, beach <laughs> so i got lance on one side that undisputably to me he is the best fabricator i have ever met yeah. he brought Inconel into the race i don't care there's going to be a lot of people arguing this stuff but lance worked for don edmonds back when don L- edmonds was helping evil knievel mm-hmm. with some stuff and, and, and Lance was sweeping the floor in high school. And, and in metal shop, they had him doing, like he had certain 
things you had to make in metal shop <laughs> and he's better than the teacher, <laughs> you know, just from, from working at this guy's shop. Like they wasn't Zeus taps back then you had to make them. That's how long this dude's been, been in, you know, he's probably, I don't know, 10 or 15 years older than me, maybe, but, but he has worked at JPL under the, I think it was a Gabalero project, satellite project or yeah, whatever, and he's worked for... Jet Propulsion Laboratories? Yeah, yeah, Pasadena. Sure. And then he's worked for, Perna, per, excuse me, not Perna, but Parnelli. Yeah. He's worked at AAR, and then, and, and then when I first moved into that complex, like I said, 92, 93, <clears throat> all he is doing, he's doing probably 70 or 80% of all the indie cars exhaust systems mm -hmm. and, and and he's like when he first met me he wouldn't let me in his shop he didn't know who i was all he knows i used to work at gurney's <laughs> and, and i'm a fabricator right and and and, and like cosworth i mean like cosworth are, you know like all these race car teams are giving him blocks and, and he's got stuff on a workbench that you know cylinder heads you know that people aren't supposed to see so having me walk in there was like foul you know and once he figured out i was one of the gang and i'm just a, this dumb old bo you know bodyman guy that wants to make try to make artwork of some sort and, and it was cool but but his welding his collectors so so if you think jack burns a burn stainless is good lance is the headmaster and doing Inconel and stainless uh, tube work. He's fast. Um, it, there was a funny story because he's like me. He works at his own pace. And if you push us, we just, <laughs> you obviously get slower. You know, don't fuck with me. Just let me do it at my own pace. And then I'll give you a part that's done when I'm done with it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and um, so he would show up when the brake truck would show up about 10 mm -hmm. and then go on break and it would piss rim off. And, and, and so rim is the guy at Carol Shelby's deal that now is the head fabricator for Dan Gurney. Yeah. And he's my boss and, and he's old school and, and he ban he's see, he doesn't like music and radios. And there was a guy that I took kind of his character as a fabricator and personality and hit in the shop. Right. Jeff Haywood, he's, he's an old sprint car racer kind of type dude, Fabri really good fabricator, you know, wore red vans, you know, would be down at Speedway on Friday and then Saturday nights, and, and you know, he's just one of the gang kind of type deal, but he was a character, and, and he'd always keep his music up too loud, and Rim came home one day and took his radio and bandsawed it in half, and uh, that was the kind of shit that was going on, and Rim just was hardcore work. Yeah. And, and and I'm a squirrel type deal. I mean, when I'm working, I'm totally focused, and you know, I'm you know, and, and but you know, my my nightlife back then was kind of I was a little bit wild still, right. and, and I got this old guy just going, dude, get your shit together. <laughs> and and um, so anyway, I left and opened my deal, and and and, and learned a lot. You know, I'm doing metal work. I mean, once you see somebody do it, right, and, and, and you got the tools, it's 
only way you're going to learn how to do it is just going and doing it. And, 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 and most of your most of your experience has just been hands on, like learning a lot of it, being thrown to the wolves, and just having to do it, or what? Yeah, yeah. Like so, so one of my old DKK friends and long term friend is Scott Augustine, and, and he eventually I didn't even know he had a sister, but eventually I started dating her about twenty twenty five years ago, uh-huh. and 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 she's hanging out while I'm in the middle of Lance and Mike Lewis and all this IndyCar stuff, and, and, and she's seeing stuff, you know, probably she never saw before. And, and then Lance taught her how to weld. That was funny. She could, she can probably weld better than half the men I know. If she would have, I mean, I, it's been years since she's welded. But anyway, uh, um, she asked me a question one day. She's like, Gab, who do you call when you got to figure something out? And I'm like, Wow, that's a really good question. You know, and and I mean, I got a few guys, but there's a point where you're like, it's not uncharted territory, but it's like, who are you gonna call? Just fucking figure it out, yeah. you know. Yeah. And if you fail, you learn something yeah. type deal. But it's 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 one of them deals. It's like you got to see it in your head, and and, and then you just kind of somehow you erect patterns. Uh, uh, there's a guy named Ray Shan. Oh, he has a deal called Pro Shapers, yeah. and he has a forum, and, and and he makes a flexible pattern. And what I mean by flexible pattern, this is how he does it. And it's a it's the it's so neat and simple. It's it, it, it's it's stupid. It's how simple it is. But right. so right. so you go by like at a florist or place where they have like crafts. And, and they sell this adhesive, and the adhesive is about like taking a sticker, like an FMF sticker or whatever, off its paper. You know that kind of tug or adhesion or whatever you want to call it. Right. And you spray the area that you want to make a pattern of, and then you then you you take masking tape or some guys use shipping tape, but they they put a layer down and they're cross hatching it, like they 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 they, they cover the whole area laying it like 50, 50, 50, you know, like welding kind of, and, and you get one layer, but you, you do it with the tape sticky part sticking up. And then the adhesion is from the spray that you put on it on the backside. And then you go back over it with another layer of tape where you cross hatch it. So now you're putting sticky tape to sticky tape. And now there's nothing sticky other than the adhesive that's holding it on the car. And if you don't have a, let's say you don't have the other side and you've got to make the other side. Right. And, and you can turn this thing inside out and now you have a pattern. And it will actually still inside out hold its shape about 80, 90% than, than the opposite side that you made it off of. But it's also good for like if you have bumper bracket holes or, 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 or turn signal holes that you want to like, duplicate or at least get you close to where now you start eyeballing it and i i do admit i've kind of a a well-known car i built the the turn signal some signals were off quite a bit and it's like oh god yeah. uh, but it's just uh doing them off the car instead of having them on the car and 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 and, and some of the stuff like i did a, a 275 gtb ferrari when I was working for Dan Fink. And Dan Fink is one of the guys that used to work for Steve Davis 
and those guys were doing Boyd's original cars. And now he's in Huntington Beach. Um, he's got a really talented Kiwi, <coughs> excuse me, Kiwi uh, 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 Jeff that's kind of the shop foreman. And now I'm working under him. Right. And, and, and so, you know, I got this Ferrari and, and, and trying to make body panels for this thing. And, 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 and you're like, you've got like the bottom of the windshield is like a rigid, hard line and you can't change that. Yeah. But when you've got a roof line above it or another part of the car that doesn't line up and it's not parallel, and that's how it was made from the factory. Sometimes now you just start fudging things until they look right. Yeah. If, there are, if you measured them, <laughs> they're like so off, off that you don't even want to know the numbers type deal. But when you stand back and look at it, it's an, an illusion that makes things look parallel or whatever. And, and, and it really takes some time. You know, and you can't be one of these people with an ego like, oh, I did it the first time. It's got to be right. No, yeah. you just kind of. No, and I keep going back and, and, and like, sometimes I'll make stuff and I'm done at the end of the day. I'm like, fuck it. You know, I'm, you know, I'm done type deal. And I, and I close, you know, I just kind of shut the lights off and then I come back and look at it the next morning and I'm like, Oh, I'm glad I didn't weld that in, you know, right. And, and work on it for five minutes or two minutes or whatever it is and make it, you yeah, know, a little bit yeah. better. There's, and, a, there's, and then, there's just a lot to it, a lot to taking the time to do the, the detailed metal work that you do because it just, you know, it's got to be. You never learn it all. Yeah. It's one of the, it's a, it's, that's probably why I do it is just because it keeps it fresh mm-hmm. and a challenge. Like, 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 like when I do my products, they're, they're kind of fun to do the tooling and make the first batch of them. You know, and then they sell, but eventually, sometimes they start getting like, oh, I don't really like doing them anymore. Right, type deal. Well, the, it's just boring. The, the, you know, and, and repetitious. Yeah, and, the and, breather and, you make looks like it's quite a bit of work to build that thing. The breather. Oh, oh, the one on the back of the fan shroud. Yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch of pieces, and it's baffled, and and, and there's no rod. I mean, I have a piece of uh, 0.023 rod in my hand but it's just like it because carbon steel is really nasty to weld and if you cook it it starts bubbling and and like where you stop and start it's hard to uh sometimes it's hard to get going again and that first initial reheat where you stop wants to bubble so normally i keep my rod and as soon as it starts to melt i shove it in there and then let off a little bit and it, and it sort of helps it start clean, but normally I fuse the corners together. So I just use my torch and melt that inside corner. Right. So it's like an even radius from one side to the other. And and, and if I do it nice, I just leave it. And it's like, yeah, there's a, a really bad stop and start kind of type deal. I'll grind it and file it, kind of no big deal. But yeah. it's kind of nice sometimes... When you weld something nice, you're like, wow, that's pretty nice, you know. And then a lot of times, you're like, oh, that's why they make grinders, <laughs> you know. Um, but what I do, I don't need to be a great welder. I just need them pieces to stick together well, type you, deal, and, then, and they're going to get ground. But I spend a lot of time, like, there's no gaps. Yeah. And, I mean, and, 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 and I fuse tack where I don't use any rod. And then, I, like I said, I use .023 rod 
and and at one time I don't know I haven't bought it in a few years, mm-hmm. but there's only one place in North Carolina that straight it's wire that they straighten, and, and you can buy it in lengths, and it's yeah. really expensive, like well, a I mean, tube. And, and, and anyway, what? Well, a lot, a lot, a lot of everything you do. I mean, I can tell by the fabric that you do. You're pretty passionate about the the fabrication work and whatnot that you do. Just good weed. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm joking. And, well, and I, I definitely appreciate you coming on the podcast and you know talking to us about a lot of stuff that you do. If people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way? Is is it through Facebook? Uh, find any the, of my ads on the Samba. Ads on the Samba. And then just email me. Just any of my ads, and uh-huh. send me an email through what you're looking for. And and because that's usually when I'm on the computers, when I'm sitting and relaxing and drinking a cup of coffee or sure. thinking or whatever. And then if people have special stuff they want to fabricate, I mean, you the guy that they can reach out to that can do some special one-off stuff. Yeah, if you, if you can draw a picture of it. You can fab it. I hope I can make it for you, type deal. Well, very cool. Uh, working with my buddy Chris, uh, if there's machining involved, you know, and, and you got to remember it's probably a one thing or one prototype. Sure. So, so this stuff is very time-consuming. Well, yeah, and everybody, and everyone understands time is money. But I mean, to get something that's yeah, that's but when you start, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah but I'll just end it at that that yeah. part of that. And, and um, you were talking about Randy earlier, right? And and, and and Randy's been like like he was in high school when I just got married, uh-huh. and he was sort of like a younger brother. And we were mischievous. I mean, like even my wife hated when we hung out because we were in the trouble type deal. He's just funny. I mean, he's a good guy. And, and it's funny. I met him cause he needed a car painted and, 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 and his dad and the guy who used to live across the street from me that built his own beat up motors, did a little bit of body work, but, but mainly he just kept his cars running. Yeah. yeah. That dude and, and Randy's dad both flew airplanes and worked on their own stuff. And, and, and through that, uh, um, union of those two people, Randy and I met type deal. And then, and then it's kind of, Randy and I have this weird thing that happens to us a lot. Mm-hmm. Like we both buy the same trucks. We both buy the same dirt bike. We're both in the same hobbies. His birthday's a day after mine. Uh, uh, um, just oddball. Like he grew up like, so when I started skateboarding, and and this is how Gabby came came you know, like came to effect or whatever when people started calling me Gabby when I was young skateboarding. So so Dwight Dawson lived across the street from me, and they had a pool, and somehow that thing got skateboarded in. <laughs> and, and and then like in high school, I think he moved away. Well, he moved over by Randy, and then him and Randy end up being buddies, and, and it's just this peculiar. Uh, um, kind of weird connection that just like, like when he bought his dirt bike and my, and, and, and his truck, we didn't call each other and say, Hey, we're, we buy the same color. I mean, it was just kind of fucking weird type deal. Uh, and, and he's been hanging out and it's cool. I have not seen any of his cars. He's painted up close, but I see a ton of stuff on Facebook through DKK. And, and, and it's kind of neat seeing Randy's like, you know, now he's a really good painter, you know, and, and it's kind of a trip seeing all these, like where I was going with that is some of these people like on the journey yeah, are still messing with beat ups. That's it. Well, and, 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 and 
it's what like it's where we all it's where we all i I think it's for me it's it's you know even with the other cars that i have it's still part of my it's my main passion is is those cars so um, oh yeah i mean the cowlick thing i mean i'm kind of biased right on the style of cars but but anybody putting effort into anything that they're working on it's not us to tell them somebody else what their illusion is sure and, and that's where the you know I, I get kind of ruffled around some no matter where it is something or whatever it is there's going to be people with the egos yep. and, and and you're just going to have to deal with it that's but it. but back uh, um like back getting into dkk and and, and in my notch back. I don't know if my time up or, or just, <laughs> I told him my nickname's Gabby. Yeah. <laughs> so what well, did you want to talk about the notch back real quick? You can just chat about the. Notch yeah. Back yeah. So, me. so, so I'm just starting to be able to do metal work a little bit. And right. my, well, I'm starting to learn how to weld a little bit, gas welding. And, and I clipped that thing, but it was the first notch back I'd ever seen. And there's a guy in my old, you know, like neighborhood kind of type deal. He bought this notch back and he calls me up to lower it. And I had at the time had a, you know, lowered square back. And, and, and so I went over and he's got the thing back in the garage. And I'm like, what, who cut this thing up? What, it was a fastback? He goes, no, it's how they made them. And I'm all bullshit. No way to be to make these. Right. So anyway, I figure I started looking at him like, well, this is a real car. And then he starts telling me the story that if I would have shut up, he would have told me. And, and yeah, they made these things and were shipped to Canada and blah, blah, blah. And it was the first one I seen. Then he wrecks it. And then, and then, and then, and then I'm taking auto body classes and I'm down at Cerritos College. And, and that's kind of where this body working thing started is with that notch back down there. And, 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 and the guys that were hanging out at Whittier that were, all taking auto body classes down at Cerritos College. There was a lot of dudes with some talent that went on in the auto body industry, the car industry from that college that are super talented, like now, my friend Brent Coleman. Whatever happened with the notchback? Um, I sold that in oh, was that '86, and then and then and then I bought a TIG welder with some of the money, and then I had already had my low light as a shell like i bought it and i didn't do anything with it i was right. collecting parts like alloys and, and i had a quarter panel and a door type deal and it was just it was just a basket case basically and then i split up and get divorced that thing gets pushed i was going to sell it and then at the last minute I said screw it i started building it and, and and um and it obviously led into what it is do you still but, have the, uh, you still have the gear no it went to japan and, and that's how I bought, started buying equipment. And that's when I opened up Gap Fab. So but what, the notchback, I was sitting in Huntington Beach. I think it was Hurricanes. It was like an upstairs bar like in a, in a balcony. Mm-hmm. Kind of having drinks with some girl, like a first-time date type thing. And, and, I, and, and, and you could see PCH type deal. And all right. of a sudden, I see this red notchback that was pink. From like a like it had been faded uh-huh. red paint job, turns on the main street. And I'm like, I bet that's my old Kia, and that was probably I don't know, five or six years later, maybe. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. 
and it was just wore out kind of looking and it still had the DKK stickers in the quarters and that was kind of funny. And then, uh, um, uh, uh, uh what's his name? Ryan Reed of the old SoCal fame and yep. Aaron Broughton mm-hmm. type type guys, hot rod builders. Um, he gave me the number to the guy that bought my notch back back in the day. So it's and so I dropped the ball, and I didn't. I didn't even call the guy. It was like I didn't really like. Well, really some, didn't want to see it. Yeah, some weren't meant to be. Maybe. Yeah, so I gave Randy the the number. Okay, oh, this like a few months ago, and I, and I kind of forgot about it. Yeah. And, and and then Randy tried calling, and, and the and the number had been disconnected. Yeah. But it would be kind of fun to see it, but it's no. I mean, it was like a learning project to yeah. me. Yeah. Well, it's one of those and, things that you'll go back and look at it thirty years later, and you'll realize that you know the work that you. Oh, I look at. We're super. I look at pictures of my square back, right. and I'm like, "What? A, I was such a hack, <laughs> you know." And and well, you're and, right. and, it, and yeah, and and, and I, I want to shout out to my high school auto body teacher. Uh, my junior year, he was a the school auto bot. I mean, auto shop teacher. Mr. Allison, mm-hmm. and, and, and after school, he had an ROP auto body deal. And, 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 and it, this broke, it was kind of funny. I was just getting into V-dubs, and Carmen Gia's were like, I've always been in love with them. And there was this Carmen, really nice Carmen Gia hood out in the back of the shop, and he brings that thing up, and he takes a pick hammer, and he's going to show us how to metal finish a dent. And just whacks his hood. I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, that's an expensive, you know, you know, all this stuff has been hard to get. You know, now it's really hard. But anyway, so he, as a, like a shop demo or demonstration, mm-hmm. like fixed this dent and didn't use any filler. Nice. And I'm like, oh, okay, that can be done. You know, and so now from that point, um, like I remember one time at Cerritos College, um, uh, there's an instructor down there that I'd never took a class from. Right. And then after, later on in life, I went to a shop in Lake Elsinore and this dude's got like a power hammer and he's rebodying sprint cars. He's a metal shaper, but he's an auto body teacher at the time when I was down there 40, you know, like around early 80, 81, somewhere around there. And, and, and I was sitting on the ground just cobbling this piece of sheet metal, trying to try to make this bottom gear rear fender, like underneath the, the, the bumper where it's, they rot out on every carming gear. So I'm kind of just cobbling this thing together with a flat sheet, and I don't know anything. Just beat it on it some more, and it'll get closer to the shape. And and, and I'm I've kind of hammered this thing out, and I'm sitting there fitting it. And this this metal shaper teacher or auto body teacher, this metal shaper, stops and goes, "Did you make that?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And he goes, "Oh, nice work." And just walks by, type deal. And I'm like, "Oh, okay, whatever," you know. And, and um. From and then you point. start getting in this hot rod and stuff. All I can say is this Brett Banker guy yeah. was like. Yeah. Pretty influential to you, huh? Yeah. It's just everything like, like somebody's watching over you and he just keeps guiding you yeah. through life kind of type deal. Oh, okay. I wanted to say one thing about those indie cars I was drawing. Yeah. And then, and then if we're done, we're done. Or if you, you want to keep it. talking. Uh, uh, but so, so anyway, Mike Lewis. I could walk out my door, my industrial building door, right. and then this door next to it was Mike Lewis. And who's Mike and, Lewis? And Mike Lewis was the guy at Gurney's that made the wings. 
oh, back gotcha. in the 70s and 80s. So anyway, he had a gig. Yeah. He's like a historian, mentally yeah. type guy. And, and he's pretty sharp. He's a good fabricator. And, and, and he knows how these indie cars were put together. And his gig was restoring Dan Gurney's old race cars. Or other customers that had an old Eagle type deal. He would, you know, like do, help them out somehow, whatever, and made wings. Right. He doesn't do them anymore. But, 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 so anyway, so there's, this whole place is filled with Dan Gurney's race cars. Well, up on the mezzanine, I'd never been up there one t- So one time I went up there to help him lift something or pick something up. And there's the tub and the car of that car I was drawing as in like fifth grade, this oh, Olsenite car, yeah, Bobby Hunter drove. Sure. And, and I'm like, it's like, it's just a weird journey you know, like, an, like that's just my illusion of life, and, and it's just kind of like panning out type deal. And, and, no, and these awesome. cars, you start, they're works of art. When you start looking at those handmade race cars, it, it, you know, it's the thing, the closest thing I could say to it now is some of the off road, like Robbie Gordon's trucks. I mean, they're obviously way stronger and over engineered, but some of the bracketry. And the and the focus on right. the small fabrication stuff on them trucks are like some of those early race cars to me, as you know, like my vision of fabrication or whatever you want to call it. Well, you've yeah. been on that you've been on that path for a while, and uh, I appreciate you sharing all these stories with us, man, for sure. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's um, anybody, yeah, but some of the stuff like this gurney stuff, it's kind of. Like there's gonna be a generation when when people die that that kind of information just disappears and it's a shame and that's why I kind of focus it's you know I'm just this knucklehead that got to ride through it sort of but people need to look into some of the you know I know it's this is a V Dub talk yeah but but some of these it's all connected exactly it's all connected. Anyway, I'll shut up and and, well, and I probably lived up to Gabby. Listen, I, I definitely appreciate you coming on the podcast, and uh, I'm sure if you've got any new products and stuff that are coming out, feel free to hit us up and we'll and we'll chat about those and uh, and have you on again. Cool, cool. I appreciate it. It was fun. Yeah, no, for, no uh, doubt. Man. Uh, did I, you have fun listening? Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm no, joking. No, it was a good. It was a good time. Good time for sure. Cool, cool, cool. So I appreciate it, man. All righty. Well, thank you. You got it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Dubs. If you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe. Also share it with your friends. And now you can rate us on Spotify. So make sure you go over to Spotify and leave us a five-star review and give us a rating. Until next week, guys. Later. A Volkswagen is a nice station wagon to have around the house. The 1974 Volkswagen, covered by VW Motor Security Blanket.